Hey everybody, you're listening to the One Week Rental Podcast with your host Ash. And your host Dex. And this week we watch part two of the Ghostbusters series, Ghostbusters 2 from 1989. Definitely the slimiest of the Ghostbusters. Stax, hit us with the theme song. So I guess we're gonna have to Not that theme song. Not that theme song. Not that one. No. Our, our, our theme song. No, our theme song. I want our theme song. Put it right here. Welcome back, everybody, to the One Week Rental Podcast. Uh, unless you like astrology, in which case, you can get the fuck out right now. If, you, if you're listening and you like astrology, out. Go. Go. We'll wait. You leave. <laughs> what is, why, why are you hating on astrology, people? I, I, I got roped into another astrology conversation. This is something that happens frequently to me for some reason. I, I don't know why it happens as much as it does, but um, frequently I go to parties uh, I hang out and I start talking to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, you, you like, you like that. Or, oh yeah, that's how you respond uh, to conflict. They're like, what month were you born in? And I'm like, uh, April. They're like, oh, Aries. I don't do well with Arieses. <laughs> and it's always that. It's always that. And then this chick got in depth. She was like, what time were you born? I was like, I do not know. And then she, I, I texted my mom and she was like one thirty-three p.m. and then she was like oh that means that your rising moon is a blah 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 and you're just i don't know i it's it's always a whole thing and it's always like i'm always just like i'm stuck here now i'm stuck in this conversation yeah because i i know exactly what you're talking about i freaking people oh my god i just don't it's, it's all a scam astrology is just a freaking scam and <laughs> but i don't think they're like, making money from it like no it's like, just yes I pr- i'm pretty sure those astrology apps and newspapers and all these other things where you like get like people have been like buying newspapers and reading their astrology sign stuff since forever and it's like there's no point is it's, it's all fake it's all fake, and you can apply it to literally anything that happened that day. And people just eat it up, and it's just like, that's why you freaking, I don't know. It just, it, it, it pisses me off, because it's yeah. the biggest scam, and I don't know who's making the money. I don't know if it's the newspaper companies or <laughs> <laughs> somebody, but they're the if it's scam. If it's the newspaper companies, I'm going to give them a pass just this once. Like, they get a pass just this one time, because... Uh, newspapers not doing well. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've read a newspaper in the past fifteen years, but if you haven't, I re- it, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I if you if you haven't read it, if you haven't read a newspaper in the last fifteen years, you're part of the problem. Like you're 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 part of the problem, but also you're totally typical of everybody else on the planet. Yeah, I, I will agree because like I read the newspaper every day, and it's like the newspaper in whole and in, in total is also a scam too because a lot of the articles in the newspaper say finish at our website which is the <laughs> what's the point <laughs> yeah just speak so, like, just save the paper and put out an advertisement for your for your website at that point like yeah it's just it's just so dumb well, and then big astrology and big newspaper is out of control these days that's what i'm gonna yeah. say that's that's my hard take today come and get us big big uh newspaper yeah you can't cancel us newspaper nobody reads you oh, unless they, unless they redirect them to our site unless they cancel us on the website then we're screwed 
Um, <laughs> all right. So, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's a little bit into the inside of my week from a not fun perspective. But what I did have fun doing this week uh, was staying inside and watching some TV. Uh, I... I watched in the past week, so we'll go right we'll go right into what we've been watching. And then also, if, it, if this is your first episode of One Week Rental Podcast, we're going to do what we've been watching for the week. We're going to get into our spoiler-free uh, thoughts of Ghostbusters 2, and then we're going to take you plot by pot, pot by pot point through the plot of Ghostbusters 2 so we can uh, really get into the, the, the meat and bones of this, uh, of this story. Um, so this week I watched... Uh, well, last week I talked a little bit about starting The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. Um, I finished that up after the podcast last week. Uh, the anime, right? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a like hour and a half long, I want to say, maybe, maybe, maybe more, maybe less. I can't remember exactly, but it's, it's about that length. Um, uh, animated film on Netflix. Um, it's not a series, it's just just a straight shot and um it's it gets into the backstories of one of the characters and um kind of what's going on with the witchers and why there aren't many witchers and 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 stuff like that so uh i thought that was really good as a fan of the witcher video games um i thought it was a nice little bit of lore for a character who i liked in the in the game um but yeah it was just kind of really well done animated animation and um the story was cool and i was totally engaged through it also i enjoyed that i did see um in theaters, I went and saw uh, Last Night in Soho, which is a movie I picked entirely because I saw it was directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, Edgar Wright has done things like Scott Pilgrim, uh, Shaun of the Dead. He's yeah, got he's like a, a yeah. Cult, he's like a cult favorite, right? Yeah, I mean, like a cult it, movie favorite, right? Yeah, it's hard to even call those movies cult because I feel like they're they are so mainstream. But yeah, but like he's got a style and like. All of his films typically have that style, and there were little hints of that throughout last night in Soho. Um, but like I say, I, I picked it just because I was like, "Oh, Edgar Wright! Like this is bound to be a funny, like maybe actiony, but dark." I, I didn't know what it was about at all. Um, and then we went into it, and uh, I, I hate horror films. I hate scary. I don't do well. I cover my eyes in trailers and like plug my ears, and like I can't handle it. Um, this is about as close to a horror movie as like actual horror movies get because it's not it's not a horror. It's I would say it's like thriller suspense kind of, uh, but it was it was decent. It was really good actually. I mean, I enjoyed it, uh, but I didn't know what I was getting myself into at all, and uh, like I didn't know anything about the plot. I didn't even watch a trailer or anything like that. Just went in totally blind. So uh, definitely good though. Definitely worth watching. So is this um, is this ju- this just came out or is this like on? Is this just in theaters? Like it just got released in theaters or something? Yeah, yeah, just released oh, in okay. theaters. I I would say it came out within like the last two weeks. Oh okay. So <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, I will put like a little bit of a trigger warning. There's some like sexual Pause. abuse type stuff. <laughs> I will say for last night in Soho that I will put like a little bit of a trigger warning on there. There is um, some like sexual assault stuff. So if, if, uh, if you're sensitive to that, I would maybe steer clear of it. But, uh, but other than that, really cool action thriller uh, type movie with um, some of Edgar Wright's, uh, you know, signature elements in there that were a lot of fun. So yeah. Uh, did I see anything else? Oh, I just watched right before this. I watched Red Notice, uh, the rock, um, rock, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, uh, kind of heist movie. 
Yeah, I've all I've seen of that movie is the screen is like the the box on Netflix. I've just scrolled over it. I what I don't even know what it's about. Yeah, um, the basic setup is that The Rock is a cop and Ryan Reynolds is a uh, like a thief, and they have to team up to steal something. <laughs> um, so it's like the hitman's bodyguard, but. <laughs> honestly yeah honestly yeah felt just like that and um and i'm like they're gonna make a second one of this that we don't need the same way that the hitman's bodyguard's wife like we didn't need but i, I still watched um but it was decently entertaining enough i mean like those are all people i like watching on screen so it was that was fun and uh there's some some twists and turns in there that are that are also fun um was not a fan of the aviation gin product placement right at the right at the outset and uh just because it just takes me right out of it like actually there were a couple things I, I now i'm struggling to remember what they were but there were a couple things like back-to-back scenes where i was like oh okay there's the aviation gin like label facing directly towards the camera and there was like other things that were that were do they a- as obvious or something oh um yeah ryan reynolds owns aviation gin and then okay it's very clearly a commercial for uh, a Porsche Taycan uh, where the rock like sees it and they put like, they do like a sweeping camera angle behind the back where you see where it says Porsche Taycan. And then they, you, you see the, the like Porsche emblems on the wheels. He fires it up and you get the shot of like the dash coming to life and like the startup sound of it. And then, uh, yeah, it's like very clearly like, but it, it did feel like they got all their product placement out of the way in the first like 15 minutes of the film. And then I didn't see too much more of it, but it, it still took me right out of it when I saw it. That's, I don't know. I think I, I kind of like that. I'd rather it be like blatant in your face like that. That's I mean, I, I, I'm, I've got no problem. Like, like, but the gin bottle, I know it's his gin. It, it just takes me out of it. It just, I, I, I stop thinking about the fact that it's a movie, and I just am looking at the the bottle of gin, going like, oh, this is an advertisement. And the one, especially the way they did it with the the Porsche uh, Taycan, like I already hate P- Porsche drivers. I can't stand them. Porsche owners, worst kind of people. Let me tell you. And um, they they do this panning shot behind the car and the startup and the startup noise and it's Porsche's new like EV. It's like the electric uh, Porsche and it's, it's so in your face. I was so annoyed by it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to watch that. Um, (laughs) I honestly, I mean, it's on Netflix. It's I I think I give it the seal of approval. Like it's worth a watch. Like you will not regret your time with it. Yeah, how how on a scale of on a scale of like goofy to hardcore action is it? Um, it's it's goofy and it's got hardcore action. Like it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds and it's Rock doing Rock things and it's Gal Gadot yeah. being Gal Gadot. She wears but Louboutins. It, but- she wears Louboutins in it. And this is something that you're not going to give a shit about. And all of our female listeners, I'm sure, are going to enjoy uh, this section. Not female, even. You know, if you like Louboutins, like I like Louboutins. Everybody likes Louboutins. Do you know what Louboutins are? The the brand. Yeah. 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 Red bottoms. Yeah. She wears a pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wears a pair of Louboutin boots in this that I was like. Oh my god, I'm in love. Um, so that was, but that again, that's like the product placement. Like she kicks her feet yeah. up on the desk, and the red bottoms are right in your face. And I was like, oh, but I guess maybe I do notice, 
I do notice that every movie where someone has to, or TV show where they have to kick their feet up and it's Louis Vuitton and it's the Louis Bottoms and, you know. Yeah, yeah, the Christian Louboutins or like. Louboutins, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and then Louis Vuitton also has like a very like signature patent, like a pattern on their bags. So like that's that's always noticeable when you see it. But I I loved seeing the Louboutins in this. I hated seeing the aviation gin and the Porsche stuff that they did in this. So I guess it's like if it appeals to your interests, it's fine. Like I'm sure that uh, I have a friend named Simone who. um, loves 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 ryan reynolds and i'm sure that he saw the aviation gin thing and thought it was dope so it's all it all comes down to what you what you like yeah. that being that being said i i talked crap about porsche owners and i, I but i do like porsches and the porsche <laughs> thing still bugged me so I don't, I don't know uh your mileage may vary it just comes down to like what do you like to see um yeah so uh yeah no i thought that those were those were a lot of fun i I would recommend uh watching red notice and we should also come up with at some point like our rating scale of like maybe we can come up with like a universal rating scale that we can you know give these these movies that we talk about and and toss out there for the viewers to you know give them what we felt so um Yeah, we'll work on a we'll work on a I think a four or five level scale that we can put out. Yeah, that sounds dope. Um, you know, you can. This movie was five out of four stacks of ash, and that's just like a little like a little puff of ash, like like, a, like I don't know, like a little like a pancake size like clump of ash and then like a little poofy and you can just i don't know we'll figure it out <laughs> i like what you're describing we might need to get the artists on that um yeah all right so what did you watch uh this week i watched child's play once again i will be okay. watching till it till the season's over we should just start um, a segment of the podcast that's just like stacks talks child's play yeah i would i mean let's go um oops i um yeah, I watched Child's Play. I love it. I'm loving it. Um, go watch it. I, I don't, I I don't want to keep saying the same things every episode, and I don't want to give anything away. But yeah. yeah, just go watch it. Yeah. Um, um I, I I might, I might. I don't know if it's you. You talk so highly of it, but again, I don't like scary. It's so not, it's not scary at all. Um, Chucky movies aren't scary. Um, the traditional Chucky movies aren't because they're they're just like um, obvious jump scares, you know. It's, they don't have like staying you know, power. Like you're not going to yeah, go home and actually just, be worried about it. Yeah, no. It's just like the jump scare is Chucky slashing someone's freaking ankle, you know. Yeah. It just makes a sling, you know, and it's not so like that's pretty fucking scary to me, dude. <laughs> that's that's really <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be every were... time I every time I walk by something that's like got to like you know raised off the ground. I'm gonna be freaked out then. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can't help you because like that's like forty percent of Chucky's freaking you know move set. <laughs> yeah. So well, he's uh, he's so small. I guess I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um. um so what else? I, Anything else? I also watched. Um, uh, the harder they fall on Netflix, oh, so good. What is that um, one? It's the Black Cowboy movie with Idris Elba, Lakeith Stanfield. Okay, um, I'm sold because Lakeith, Lakeith Stanfield is my favorite actor, bar none. Yeah, 
Yo, he kills it in this movie. Okay. Not even joking. Have you seen, um, I, fuck, what's it called? Is it called Sorry to Bother You? What's it oh, called? where he's got the bandage over his head? Yeah, he's he yeah. works in a call center. Like I haven't I haven't seen it, but every time I oh. like scroll over it, I'm like, I need to add this to my yes. list so I can watch it, but I always forget to add it. Yeah, watch it. I'm not if you're already thinking about watching it, go ahead and watch it. Um it it's fucking dope. Like it's it that movie is so I won't even like I'm not even gonna tell okay. you. Just like just go right. watch right. it. Just go watch so, it because it's okay, it's so got a great Give me yeah. a scale. Is it Lakeith Stanfield in like um, Atlanta or Lakeith Stanfield in like um, Get Out? I mean, it's it's totally different than either. I haven't seen Atlanta, but oh, it's okay. totally it's totally unlike anything I've seen him in. You know, it's it's not. Huh. Uh, I would say it's closest to Lakeith Stanfield L in Death Note. That's a joke. That was he's the best part of that Death Note movie that Netflix put out. But um, he's in that. Yeah, he plays L. Like, oh, like why am I not? Why am I not? Because uh, I love that dude and everything. Have you seen Death? Seen like, have you seen Death Note? No, I haven't. I didn't even know that was a thing that he was in. Yeah, like like Light Yagami is like the the main character of death note and he's the one who has the book but then like there's a detective that's like it's the cat and mouse game between them and the detective is l and he plays l in the in the show and, and like like he crushes it he's amazing in oh, that I, I didn't like that whole thing overall the the whole death note uh netflix movie but he was the best part of it i've never i, I don't know anything about the anime so i don't even know all i know is that it's a cop and a bad guy, and a bad guy can write names and kill people. Yeah, you got it. That's that's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's this. And sorry to bother you. Um, he is, he's funny and he's he's cool. He's just he's he's great in it. And uh, and the the movie's pretty humorous, if if not a little like odd at times. And then it takes a fucking left turn, and that's all I'm gonna say. Like you just gotta go watch it because it's it's dope. Okay, all right. That's a movie that I feel like nobody saw, but like everybody should see because it's like I just think it's so interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it this weekend and then yeah. I'm gonna talk about what I think. I'm gonna say what I think about it. Next I can't. Week. I can't wait. Stephen Yun is in it too. Uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead. Glenn? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, what's her name? Um, she was in the Men in Black movie that came out with her and uh, and. Uh-oh. Chris Tessa Hemsworth? Thompson. Yes, Tessa Thompson. Yeah, she's in it too, and she's great too. Uh, wow, yeah. you said you said what movie did you give? <laughs> I forgot. Men what in Black. Men in Black. Men in Bla- you said Men in Black before Thor, <laughs> before Endgame. Oh yeah, she's Valkyrie. She's Valkyrie <laughs> yeah. and Thor, and then she's um, she, uh, it, like the the polls that I had for her were Men in Black, and then I was gonna say um, Westworld. She's in Westworld, Westworld right? Oh, yeah, she's in Westworld too. Yeah. That yeah. Was- uh, yeah. <laughs> These I was are the West World, but I don't know how. I love her. I just don't know. Like, I, I guess I just don't know that many movies, or I haven't seen that. But yeah, Thor's a good pull for for that one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, you see anything else this week, or is that? Uh... Um, I did. I did see something else. Um. I saw. Oh, I saw some. I saw Shang Chi. Oh, it was dope. Um. Shang Chi is dope. Disney. Came out on Disney Plus, so I gave it a uh, go. I think um, it's good. I I like the way that they brought back um, a character. 
I guess yeah, I guess yeah. I don't I guess I don't want to spoil it, but but something yeah. that they set up in a way earlier Marvel film comes back in a way that like I was not expecting, and it was great when it happened. Yeah, I I literally got into a um like a, a, a debate online with a dude who said that um <laughs> he said we the so the No Way Home trailer yeah. came out and yeah. so just watch it, it. Was a, a conversation about that and he was like this the trailer showed too much i agree with him blah 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 blah. what i don't i i, I think and he, that's what he said and i said um marvel has a crazy thing that they'd like to do where they put stuff in trailers that aren't in the movies and they edit stuff specifically for trailers and it's just like they'll cgi things and so like anything in this movie i'm not i don't care if it's i mean well i i don't think it's like if if you're like oh they showed too much in this trailer if like if none of that's going to be in the movie i think that we've seen it more and more i think that they'll edit a trailer to get people to go see the movie but you like there's the there's the uh there's a uh, dom line from uh fast and furious where he says something about family and it was like everybody quotes it but it was just in the trailer and never made it in the movie like they film a ton of shit and shit gets cut you know it gets left on the editing room floor and and so i don't even know if it's that like they're actively trying to mislead you because i think that uh like i don't i just don't think they would do that in endgame i mean infinity war they had um hulk there but hulk never showed up it was the iron buster and there's like yeah scenes in like the loki tv show no if i remember if i remember correctly like wasn't mark ruffalo in the the hulkbuster because didn't he like break his arm or something no no no. he was in the hulkbuster because him and yeah no no i that's 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 in the canon but but did they show hulk at that that fight because and then have to and then and then have to change something because something in real life happened to Mark Ruffalo? I vaguely oh, remember no, no, no. something like that. Did that happen? I thought it was just part of the story. Yeah. And also they may have just, like like you said, done that for the trailer because they didn't want to give away a plot point or something like that in yeah. the trailer. But but the stuff that they've shown here, like if I go see uh, if I go see No Way Home and Alfred Molina's not in it at all, I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Like, this looks like a main yeah. the main thing. So, um... So but I mean that like the Doctor the Doctor Ock stuff was already out. Like I don't know what the other dude was talking about, but I'm talking about like the yeah. small spoilery things where like you know just like oh this thing blew up a certain way is this it was this color and why would they spoil you know people who complain about that little stuff who like nitpicking like yeah people 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 do whole trailer breakdowns like they showed more of it in this last trailer and yeah i'm going to talk about the trailer i i i kind of wish i didn't watch the trailer so uh, skip forward like 15 or 30 seconds here but but they did show like green goblin like they showed harry like they showed um they showed norman osborne green goblin from the toby Maguire spider-man in this one and previously i think that we had just heard his laugh and seen like the 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 bomb Yeah. But now we actually get to see that, yes, it is. But, like, people were analyzing it and being like, this is fucking uh, Willem Dafoe's laugh from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. So people will get into it and break that stuff down. But I, I'm going to say that 
I think that things get left on the editing room floor sometimes and they use something for a trailer that doesn't make it into the final cut of the movie. And I will concede that maybe I could see a situation where they don't want to give away a plot point, but they want to show something like that big bot battle and maybe, yeah. you know, make a quick temporary shot basically for just the trailer. So, yeah, I think that, that those are the couple possibilities, but I don't think that they're ever trying to like actively mislead people, even though I guess... I kind of just said that they are like, but they just don't want to reveal. It's because they're yeah. trying to not reveal something bigger. Yeah, I got. But you. but I but I will say that trailers do give away too much. Like I think a lot of the time, I think because because there's the marketing side of things, and then there's the filmmaking side of things, and I don't think that those two teams are always in line. Like I think the people who cut the yeah. trailers are just trying to get people to go out and see it. But like, there's two things that I know that were revealed in trailers and i was kind of too young to remember these but there are two things that i know happen in trailers that spoil big things in movies which is like there's a shot where john connor in terminator 2 busts out into a hallway and on one side he's got uh robert patrick's you know terminator coming at him i forget the the number designations but liquid terminator guys coming at him dressed like a cop and then on the other side of the hallway we see Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, the, the Terminator from the movie, the previous movie from, from T1. And so at this point in the film, we don't know what either of those guys are doing. And for John Connor, you're thinking, well, that's the bad guy from the first movie. Head towards the cop. Cops are paragons of, of justice in, in people's minds, yeah. theoretically. He should, he should run to the cop. And then you get the line where Schwarzenegger says, get down, and then blasts you know the cop and then you find out that he's per trying to protect him that stuff was ruined in the, in the trailer and then the other thing that is like a, a really good example of that is that they they spoiled that darth uh, maul has a d dual-sided lightsaber in the trailer for phantom menace um but think about it you know if you've watched this is the fourth star wars movie you're seeing at the time and you're sitting there and darth maul's only used one side of the lightsaber up until that duel of the fates part at the end um yeah. and and it's even like queued up like it's supposed to be a reveal like he pops one side of the lightsaber and then the other side goes and it should be like a what the fuck like uh, he's got a dual-sided lightsaber like that's crazy but there was ruined in the trailer so by the time audience see it it's like whatever yeah huh wow he um, just blew my mind because like try to go into I, try to go try to go into movies more blind like i did that with last night in soho yeah. and it was and it was yeah. great like it's fun to do that yeah, I did that with like Squid Game. I didn't know yeah. anything mm -hmm. about it. I I do that sometimes. It's just these Marvel movies are just kind of. It's these, like, I'll do that where I don't watch the trailer for a movie, whatever. And those are usually like a movie that was nominated for an Emmy that I have no idea what it's about, and so I'm just gonna go straight into it, you know, like yeah. those type of movie. But if it's yeah. like a Marvel comic book action movie, I yeah. like to see the trailer to see how actually hype i would be for this and so like the Dolph mall thing like yeah like i remember as a kid knowing before the movie came out that Darth mall had a dual side lightsaber because there were toys and commercials about it and all sorts of stuff right yeah and then when the movie came out and then he used it i kind of remember me just being like oh yeah there it is like it just like it wasn't like if i didn't know that it was coming yeah there. that would have been yeah. so hype okay i get you i get you yeah so i i 
I mean, I I just watched that No Way Home trailer, and and sometimes they're unavoidable. Like you'll see them in theaters, but like, as much as I can, I do try to avoid trailers just because I I, I like to go in and be surprised and stuff. And I do feel like they give away oftentimes enough of the pieces where if you've seen the trailer and you're watching the movie, you can kind of figure out how they get to certain places. So, yeah. But anyways, so. With that, what do you say we get into our spoiler-free thoughts of Ghostbusters 2? Uh, yeah, let's go. I think Whiskey, I, I want to say quickly, I think my dog Whiskey knows that when I'm recording the podcast that I'm kind of like, I can't cut you off because I don't want to ruin the audio. And uh, he also knows, like, I'm stuck in my chair. That's always when he goes into the bathroom and pulls a makeup wipe out of the, the little trash can in there and starts tearing it up. <laughs> I, while you were talking, I was watching him do that. And I was listening, but I was, like, mouthing, like, Whiskey, stop. Stop it. Like, come here. And, yeah. So. <laughs> That's cute. He's a little monster. Um, all right. So, spoiler-free thoughts of Ghostbusters. Um, this movie isn't horrible. The first two, a- the first two acts are actually pretty good, and then the third act just totally like a fuck. Like, I don't like the last third of this movie. Okay, okay. Whew, this might be the last episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. There we go. Everybody's going to know this is like the, we could call this the breakup episode where we just <laughs> fucking cut it off here and, and we might do a reunion tour in a couple of years. Um, yeah. This will end season one and then we'll take, we'll take a couple months off and, until we can talk again. Um, so they're like, they're, like I said, the first two acts of this movie are, are fine and good. And, and then the last act of this movie is when things get kooky and it's like, like that's when I was really like, okay, this is for kids. <laughs> and there's there's stuff that bothered me throughout that there's stuff that bothers me throughout uh the whole movie, but a lot of the stuff that I really hate is at the end. Um so good stuff from this movie. There is some of the original humor retained. However, I don't feel like it's nearly as like dry or, or um it seems more, this feels more slapsticky at times. You've got stuff like Egon, like winking at the camera, like a lot of the time. And I, the characters kind of evolved from where they were in Ghostbusters 1 um, to all being more caricatures of, of themselves. Whereas I liked in the in the first one that, like I, like I talked about, uh, Egon is the serious one, the straight man that, that is very like, he doesn't get the humor of, what's going on a lot of the time. Um, Ray is the heart where he's just like excited and kind of like has that like, like youthful energy, like where he's just like excited about shit. And then Peter Venkman's like the cynic, like sarcastic person. And in this one, I feel like they're all just kind of Peter, Peter retains a lot of who he is. He's still the sarcastic guy because that's who Bill Murray is, I think. Um, But Egon and, and Ray just seem so much more, uh, like cartoony and silly and stuff like that. And, I, and then what we can get into here is I think that a lot of this movie is, is influenced by the cartoon that was like a hit in between yeah. these two films. Yeah. And I, I saw that and I was, I was actually about to say that. Yeah. I bet, I bet if you, if, uh, if you've got some trivia for us coming up that a lot of this stuff, like certain characters, hair is going to be influenced by, uh, yeah. by, yeah, by the, why are the animated series. Like I'm notes? sorry. I'm this sorry. I'm sorry. We don't need to share a Google Doc. 
I know that. Oh yeah, I read all the trivia and then I, I take it as if I knew it and then yeah, I don't like this. And people are like, "Wow, Ash knows so much about movies." Um, no, I, I whereas I feel like Ghostbusters one was very like um, clear about why things were happening, and I say clear like that because uh, sometimes it's just a throwaway line. Like I think there's a throwaway line from Winston in Ghostbusters one where he kind of says like. Oh, because we're catching all these ghosts like it's it's, you know, and concentrating them in one place that 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 was somehow contributing to like the Gozer and Zool stuff that that happens. Um, I don't know why anything fucking happens in this movie. They don't seem to ask questions. They, they, if you get like if you just peel a couple layers, like nothing really makes sense in this film. There is stuff that I really like that we'll get to the get to in the plot. But um, but for the most part, it just feels like. It feels like they sold out. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, um, product placement, but also like just commercialization of this. Like, we'll talk about the patches on their uniforms and stuff like that. Like, there's, there's just, it loses a lot of the heart. This feels like, this feels like not three friends making a movie and and really like honing their craft. This feels like a cash grab to me. Yeah, so I I liked it. I can I understand what you're saying, uh-huh. and I think I feel differently because, like I said last week, I uh, I actually Ghostbusters two was the one I watched the most. So much that sometimes I would think Ghostbusters two was Ghostbusters one, like Ghostbusters like that was the like the first one because that was just the one i always used to watch and so it wasn't until later that i realized that you know okay this is one this is two i still like two you know so that's just where like so a lot of it for me is just nostalgia so i like it i love it i remember i had some like ghostbusters toys that i would play with because of this movie you know so i don't know yeah, so I mean that, that's like yeah, like you can't deny like nostalgia. Like I think that uh, a lot of people, uh, I don't know. It's funny because like we'll get to at some point we're gonna review Back to the Future. I think we've talked about because um, it's my favorite film franchise of all time. Um, but Back to the Future Three is my favorite Back to the Future, and I think that's sacrilege to a lot of people because I know a lot of people like one, and and I can even say like one is technically like the better film. I, I think people really like two, but to okay, me, so, two is kind of the low point in that. But but then three was the one that I watched a bunch as a kid, and I loved like I loved the western stuff, and and like I had a lot of fun with with three as a kid, and two was too dark for me. I think as a kid. Yeah. So okay, I was just a good, I was just about to ask uh, which one which one is which because I've seen all the Back to the Future movies. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, one was, I know the first one. I just don't know the second two. I don't know which one. Yeah, number one is when he goes back to 1955 and has to avoid like it, his mom trying to hook up with him. <laughs> uh, and then number two is uh, something has to be done about your kids, Muddy. And they go back to they go to uh, 2015 or whatever, and uh, that's when he you know steals the almanac, goes back to 1955. Uh, like Biff takes it back to 1955. They chase him back to 1955. Uh, so that's number two. And then three is, uh, is, is the Western one. Yeah. I, yeah. So I like, 
those movies too. So I literally uh, can't wait to review that. Like uh, that's those are movies that I know front to back, like line for line. I could probably do like the plot synopsis that I do just from memory on on a lot of those. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. So. Any spoiler-free thoughts? I This is kind of this place where I get to put, you know, before we start running down the plot, where we can kind of put a lot of our uh, our our thoughts without getting spoiled. But I'm trying to think, is there anything else to say? Like, it's it's good. There's, there is some, like... I didn't feel like as much of it was improv. I didn't feel like as much of it hit the way that Ghostbusters 1 does. And I feel like this one was a lot more commercialized and this is because after you know ghostbuster one was a huge hit they have the cartoon and then they come back and doing this and i you might have trivia on this so i don't want to mention it but um so i won't um so we could we could get into the plot and that, that might jog my memory as, as to more things i want to say but uh let's we'll, we'll start running it down yeah i'm ready all right the plot of 1989's ghostbusters 2 first thing we see title card Five years later and I think it's pretty hype and uh, I, I was watching a video today where they were like are, like they did it first Infinity War stole this idea of, of the five-year time jump uh, this is five years in real time too that they are cutting forward because um, uh, this is released in 1989 original Ghostbusters came out in 1984 so we get the five years actual time jump uh, we see pink goo rising out of the crack of the sidewalk and wheels of baby carriage roll through the goo. Who's pushing that carriage? None other than Dana Barrett. She stops to talk to the building superintendent and the baby carriage starts to roll away a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this seems like bad parenting because um, I would be like a hover parent. Like I would be very nervous uh, about, about letting my baby get even more than like five feet away from me. So the yeah, baby carriage starts to roll away and then she stops talking to the building superintendent. And then she's like, goes to grab the baby. She's like, how did you get it far away? And it takes off. And I'm like, this baby has been playing way too much Grand Theft Auto. Like, cruising <laughs> through the streets. Uh, somebody decides that they're going to jump on their brakes and then slam on the horn at the baby carriage. I don't know why. They're pissed off. Yeah, that was so so wild. And I think at this, I think... Um... Did uh did she go go ahead do your thing do your thing but but I think it's once we funny thing she does go ahead yeah once we get back to once we get to like later parts of this movie like everybody being an asshole is like oh I get it okay yeah um and I say holy shit the baby is driving away possessed baby um it drives through traffic and eventually it stops and Dana catches up to it and I think you did that's all I have for this section did you have something else oh no I was just gonna say. She's uh she trips and she like drops all her freaking <laughs> like groceries and yeah. I'm just like again you with all the snacks and two <laughs> I would have dropped those immediately and then run after my baby I don't know or maybe I miss miss remembering it but I remember that part just kind of annoyed me. <laughs> uh, among her groceries was there was there Stay Puff marshmallows? I didn't see it was just, it, I did see like I think chips and like. <laughs> I don't know. It was just I just snacks. think I just think it'd be a great thing for the character to have sworn off Stay Puff Stay Puff Marshmallows after the first that movie. Cool. <laughs> um. All right, and then Ghostbusters Two pops up, and uh, you know what? I can't remember at this point. Is do we get the uh? Do we get the whole like? Yeah, yeah, we get a call thing yeah, here? Okay, the, good. Yeah, we got that. There good. Right. All right. We see the uh, we see Ecto one cruising around on the streets, and it's all dirty and 
burping out smoke and everything. And uh, and I I put here that we see Ray and not Ernie Hudson. And I was like, wait, they recast Winston? What the fuck? And then I put in parentheses, oh, wait, that is him. And for like a solid 15 minutes, I was like, the fuck? Like, why does he look so different? Like, I know it's only been like five years. Like, what's going on here? Shaved his mustache. Yeah. Shaved his, <laughs> shaved his mustache. And I, I'm like a child. Like, if you shave your mustache, you're an entirely different person to me. I can't, I, I was, can't tell. I was looking at him the whole time and I was like, what is wrong with his face? Because I thought it was like CG, like a CGI'd something on his face. And I was just like, what is this and yeah. like then like at the end of it i just chalked it up that he had like he changed his hair or something like that but it was his freaking mustache i literally like was like oh they recast him that sucks because i know that he had his like whole uh his whole uh role and you know ghostbusters one was reduced and everything like that so um i was really surprised uh that they recast him but then i was like oh no 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 okay he's getting his bag that's good um they arrive at a job and a woman says uh, they ask how many and they, the woman says there are about 14 of them and they say how tall and then she says like you know this tall or whatever and uh, and we cut to a kid's birthday party oh they're kids and not ghost kids but what if they're ghost kids but no they're just regular kids and, and one kid's a fucking dick one kid <laughs> one kid yeah. walks up to Ray and he's like what does he say he says my dad says you're full of crap or something like yeah, that yeah yeah Fun fact about that kid, um, freaking that is Jason Reitman. Yeah, it's Jason Reitman, yeah. and uh, and which is hilarious because he's in this scene and he says, you know, my dad says you're full of crap, which is funny because Ivan Reitman's his dad, and uh, and then um, I think what is what is Ray says he says like, oh, some people just have trouble, you know, wrapping their head around the paranormal, and he's like, no, he says that you're phony, he's like you're full of crap. And Ray, <laughs> I think Ray is, just turns to uh, to Winston and is like, "You want to go get a beer?" <laughs> like they they give up on this quickly because the yeah. kids start chanting, "He man!" Oh no, they do their little dance. They dance to the theme song of the first yeah. movie, which I thought was weird. I was like, "Wait, so is that song in, in the, the world?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I I mean I guess yeah I, I, it makes sense I think if you think about it because like after the events of the first movie and we get a montage of it like they were a huge success and they were very commercialized yeah after so. you know in the first movie and then after the first movie it's like everything goes downhill but we'll get to that um oh you know what i didn't do at the top i'm gonna do it real quick right here um ghostbusters 2 starring bill murray dan Aykroyd, uh harold ramus annie potts sigourney weaver uh fucking um rick moranis everybody from the first movie is back they're all back uh is there anybody new um the mayor was a returning character mayor was a returning character uh and and returning actor and i don't know his name and i don't know the guy's name uh but he's the the mortician or not mortician uh works in the morgue he's the the medical examiner at the morgue in uh psych oh currently well the old i think psych's off the air but you know psych Oh yeah, yeah. I've never watched it, but oh, okay. that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a really like kind of like dumb, like funny character, but like he's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's just where I recognize him from. So uh and then the the film's directed by Ivan Reitman. Uh I didn't grab the runtime for this, but uh and I need to grab the Rotten Tomato score, but we'll do that by the end of this. Um actually I wanna look up can I look that up real quick right now? Look up what yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes the runtime is an hour and 48 minutes. 
Oh, okay, perfect. Thank you. And uh, Ghostbusters 2. Sorry, doing on-the-fly Googling. Ghostbusters 2 Rotten Tomatoes is a 53% from from critics. So significantly lower than Ghostbusters 1. What's the audience score, though? Sax, nobody looks at audience scores. <laughs> I look at audience scores. I only look at audience scores when I don't like the when I don't like the real score. <laughs> You're like, listen, critics don't know anything about movies. I want to know what I want to know what Joe Blow thinks. Sixty one percent. Oh boy, that's not too much better. And it's not. It's not. Um, so, all right. Well, we've got that out of the way. Um, so yeah, they, they do the little dance and, and yeah, apparently the Ghostbusters theme song is in world, but it kind of makes sense with the commercialization of them. But yeah, I was I was also thinking that I was like, oh, they know the theme song. Um, so uh, they they do the sure. little dance and then they, the kids start chanting for He-Man, yeah. and and I was like, man, these kids are fucking assholes. And this is a theme throughout the movie. I was like, these kids, yeah. these dudes saved New York like five years ago. Show some fucking respect. <laughs> like, I, and I said, I've actually never been this angry before in a movie. Like, I was actually like sitting there like, they saved your fucking asses five years <laughs> yeah. ago. And I know you were a fucking like a four year old or whatever at the time. But like, come on, show some damn respect. Yeah. Um, um, you know what? what yeah. You, though it's funny about that. Also funny about that scene is mm. that. Um, He Man was. This is some uh, Ghostbusters tea I'm about to spill. So He Man was like uh, was produced by Filmation, mm-hmm. and it's the animation the animation company behind He Man and Masters of the Universe, and it produced the Ghostbusters TV show, the 1975 one, the but, one that wasn't Ghostbusters at all, the one that they had to fight for the name from. Yeah. Yes. So they. So, uh, so then, um, freaking when Ghostbusters, the movie came out, uh, it was released in theaters nine years later and then filmation, um, like put out like a reboot of the 1975, the Ghostbusters. (laughs) And so like right after, and so they kept the, like, the license or whatever, like the the rights to do it, and then so they put that in the movie because um, they had to change their name to the real Ghostbusters. So they put that in the movie because I they're like a, being like assholes or something. But I thought it <laughs> was like really cool that they uh, that they did that, and they're just being so fucking petty. Intellectual property and like the things that people will do to to keep their property or, or the way that like these, these rights rights holding goes is always fascinating to me. Like when they make like a terrible fantastic four movie every 10 years, because they're like, fuck, if we don't do this, we're going to lose the rights to it. And then we always get bad fantastic four movies, but one day Marvel will get it back one day. All right. Uh, I I think I just called the kids ungrateful bricks. Um, uh, Winston reveals the, in the aftermath of Ghostbusters that they got sued by every agency in New York, and times have been tough since uh, since the events of Ghostbusters, which I kind of like as a setup, because the Ghostbusters should be, in my mind, scrappy underdogs. And like if they came away from Ghostbusters 1 and were just at the peak of their game and like heroes to everybody, I don't think this movie would be as much fun. 
but it's this kind of like push and pull of like the kids are jerks because they don't remember what they did five years ago. I think that it makes sense that like people would love them, but they're like, yo, we can't ghost bust anymore because we got sued by every agency in in New York, which does make sense. I mean, I could see a lot of agencies being like, you stored all the ghosts together and it led to this giant thing and blah, blah, blah. Like it would make sense yeah. as that being the setup. So I was surprised by uh, by what they go with later that we get to and, and why it's silly to get them back to underdog status. Um, Dana goes to Egon and I, I said at this point, I was like, and not her husband. Cause I just assumed I was like, they've got a kid. They were at the end of, they were together at the end of the first movie. I was like the Dana and Dana and Pete are together. Uh, I said, Dana goes to Egon and not her husband, probably because Pete's not the most sciencey scientist. And I was like, Oh, they're not together. We find out quickly here that like, uh, in Dana's conversation, Egon, that they, that, um, Pete's not the father of the, of the, the baby and yeah. yeah that they they broke up and uh uh she has a line here where she asks you know does he ever uh talk about me and egon shakes his head no um so egon at this part is uh he's in his little lab and uh he's at some university and he's testing the effects of like outside mm -hmm. stimuli on people's moods so he's got these people in a room and they think they're there for marriage counseling and he's like gradually increasing the temperature by one every few minutes and he's kept them there like way longer than they were like way after their appointment should have started which yeah would piss me off so he's doing that and uh he's observing their reactions for science or i guess just maybe just to be a dick i don't know but uh dana asks if if he's seen pete egon says he's been borderline and then he crossed the border she says they parted on bad terms and she got married and after the marriage she thought about calling him but didn't um and then this is where i think she asked egon like does he ever ask about me and he says no and then he holds up the meter to her like continuing his experiment of like what how like outside stimuli affect people's mood yeah, I and that. i thought that i thought that was really clever i, I really enjoyed that um and then she like kisses him on the cheek and he's got like a weird ass response to it do you remember this yeah yeah he just had like a like didn't he like touch her arm pretty weird and like he, well he yeah, smiles he, it gets kind of like smiled and awkwardy yeah yeah, and it's. I wish that it, he was just like the Egon of the first film, where he just kind of stayed straight, like just stayed, um, like very like, like emotionless, basically. Yeah. So um, did you? So did the did the puppy already happen? Did you see the oh, puppy? Yeah, that's at the end of the scene, and yeah, I didn't I didn't take a note on it, but yeah, it's funny. He they they introduce puppies to the mix, and uh, yeah. and then he says. Uh, I, I forget why, but he just goes, now take away the puppy. Yeah. That's, that, that's like, wow. What is, you know, it's like a pre super villain. Like, yeah. Well, it's like, this is the shit that Pete was doing in the first film yeah. where he's just like shocking that dude over and over again to, to talk to that girl. Um, uh, the girl that's uh, holding the puppy, you got a yeah, trivia girl... piece better. What? Do you have a, do you have a piece of trivia for me? Oh yeah. The, the little girl who's holding the puppy. Uh -huh. Her name is Kathy Retman. She plays Maureen Ponderosa on Always Sunny. And now. she's and she's the daughter of Ivan Reitman. Uh, so really? The direct, yeah, yeah. Oh, I. You know what? I wrote it, and this note was literally after my Jason Retman one, and I didn't even put those together. It's <laughs> <laughs> like wow. Saw, that's yeah, a weird. That's I a weird coincidence. Her, yeah, when I clicked her name, 
Uh-huh. Uh, all I saw was Maureen Potter, um, Ponderosa. I was like, writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, man, yeah. I love Always Sunny. So, yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know it was her, but I knew that she was uh, uh, Ivan Reitman's daughter. Um, so, yeah, we take we get the takeaway the puppy line. And then this is a fun scene where uh, Vakeman, and I, I think I put Bill Murray's hair, still struggling. Uh, Vakeman yeah, is... Yeah. I mean, Bill Murray looked better in this movie somehow. I think he might. He, might, he just he looks like he, he looks like Bill Murray. I don't know. They're... He looked kind of hunky. Well, no, not hunky. He looked. <laughs> uh, You're mean, on he the record. Better. This is recorded. You, don't cut that. Don't cut that. That stays in. <laughs> no, I mean, Stack thinks, behind it. Stack thinks Bill Murray's hunky. I mean, he's like 6'5 or whatever. He's not that tall. He's probably 6'2 or whatever. But. Um, I see this is a thing. I I have no frame of reference. I feel like I had to be there at the time, but like yeah, I don't think Bill Murray's attractive, but no. Um no, no, no. go ahead. Vakeman is a host of a TV show called The World of the Psychic and his guest from uh he, his guest says the world will end at uh midnight on New Year's Eve and Pete correctly points out he's not going to be able to to sell many books. So he's got this whole funny back and forth with the guy of like midnight of this year. He's like you didn't give yourself a lot of time. Like are you sure it's not 3 years out to sell some more books? And uh he's got a funny back and forth with that guy. Uh turns out that guy might have been right. Um and then he cuts over to the other guest and she says that uh she told her husband that she met an alien at the the hotel and the alien took her up to her his room and the room might have been on a spaceship but i think this is just the story that she told to get out of uh being in trouble for cheating on her husband i is what i what i read into it did you read it the same way taxi there oh yeah sorry i was me yeah i just said that uh yeah i was thinking that when I was watching, I was like, no, no, no. They're just trying to make her just sound crazy or something like that. You know, they're just trying to say yeah. something. But, like, I did get a hint of that. That's funny. And you think like, you think now in hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah, I was uh, abducted by aliens. They took me up to their room uh, at the Hilton. Yeah. Or maybe it was a spaceship that looked like the Hilton or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, um. Yeah. I, I, um, this lady here, when I, when I first saw it, I thought it was Jennifer Tilly. I was like, that sounds like Jennifer Tilly, but I think, I don't think that's Jennifer Tilly because Jennifer Tilly would be like a lot younger in this movie if it was Jennifer Tilly. So I had to look it up and this um, lady, she plays um, Monica Gallagher in Shameless. And so that's why I was like, I know that voice from something and she mm-hmm. looks familiar, but she's from, uh, uh, she's from Shameless. Never seen it. What you never seen Shameless? Nah. Wow. Is that the William H Macy show? Yeah, it's really good. Huh. Yeah, I haven't seen it. After Bill Murray talks to uh, the his second guest, the one who was abducted by aliens, and that they used a ray on her, and he says, "But uh, join us next week where we talk about hairless pets." And he turns this like he's got a uh, like a hairless cat that he's holding. Yeah. I think he says like "Hand me Ira" or something. Like they give him the, the hairless cat, and he turns it around. And he's like, "Next week on uh, World of Psychic, hairless pets." And he turns it around. And he goes, "Weird." <laughs> and I thought that was really <laughs> funny. I love it. <laughs> Um, Pete goes backstage and he sees the mayor and tries to say hi, but the mayor's assistant gets in the way and Pete says they never got paid for saving the city. He says, you know, I'm a voter. 
Um, this is all very funny back in backstage. I think the one part that I didn't write down here is that there's like the little like there's a showrunner person with him, and he he was like, why couldn't we get the guy who bends spoons? And the showrunner says, uh, like people think you're a fraud. He's like, I am a fraud. Yeah, that was really great. great. I like Venkman's uh, like self awareness of in, in this. Um, so he says, you know, I'm a voter, and uh, he says, like, oh, I think he says, aren't you supposed to kiss my butt? Which is a line that I don't like. I feel like the real Ghostbusters, like not the real Ghostbusters, like the TV show, uh, yeah. Ghostbusters one, he would have said kiss my ass, but uh, the fact that he said kiss my butt made it weird to me. I didn't like oh. it. Yeah, I, I don't, so. I don't know. I, I just that. had an aversion to that when it when he said it. Um, so we're introduced to an eccentric European man and maybe Dana's boss. It is Dana's boss. His name is Janos 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 uh, Poha, who flirts with Dana and he gets rejected hard by her. He's like, "Do I have bad breath? Like, what is the deal? Uh, you know, why are you you never available?" And she kind of I think like laughs it off and uh, you know says she's got to go. Um, but after she leaves, the painting behind him starts to come to life. It starts to kind of like bulge out of the frame. And we cut away to a bookstore. Uh, oh, and the reason that Dana said that she has to go is because now she's late for an appointment with the Ghostbusters to talk about her case. Because, um, wait, did I not? I didn't even cover that, I don't think. I think I forgot to say, when Dana goes to see Egon, she tells him that the the carriage, like, ran away from her and that she was like, oh, it's just so weird. Can you look into this? And Egon yeah. agrees to help her. Um, but she asks him to, uh, she like, he's going to tell Ray, but she says, please don't tell Pete, like, don't bring Pete into it. Um, and then that's when she asks, you know, does he ever ask about me? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, just... Look at me. I write down every fucking point of the plot, except for like the main plot points. Apparently, <laughs> Uh, I got a bunch of notes about hairless cats in here, but nothing about like the main <laughs> plot of the film. Um, so the painting behind Janos starts to come alive uh, after Dana says, I got to go. We cut away to a bookstore and uh, Pete Venkman walks in uh, and he asked about a book of like for putting people under his like spell. Basically, I think he's looking for like a, a book yeah. on like love potions or something like that. Um and Ray and Egon are discussing the mystery of the runaway baby carriage. Uh, Pete asks, what are you guys working on? And they say something for an old friend. And he's like, oh, who? And Ray is trying not to tell him until Pete grabs his ears and pinches them. And uh, and Ray says, they're searching for something for an old friend. Oh, yeah. Pete beats it out of him. And uh, eventually Ray tells, it's Dana Barrett. And he goes, my Dana? I thought it was kind of weird. But he says, my Dana. My Dana? My Dana? Um, yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see where Steve's kind of weird. But I do say that sometimes, not like yeah, like like no, I, I know, yeah, it's it was the way that he said it, but I was, but I, no. I get like yeah, uh, in order to figure out which Dana they're talking about, yeah, my Dana probably puts it into perspective. Yeah. Um, I think also in that scene, Pete says that uh, <laughs> like this is just like such a diss to Ray. He's like, you should sell this place and buy me a calzone. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it was pretty good. Um. They all head over to Dana, and this is a funny scene where uh, Ray walks in. He says, oh, hi, Dana. And then Egon walks in, and she starts to shut the door and, uh, like, almost slams it on Pete as he comes in. He says, uh, like, I'm back to, I'm back, you you know, I'll take you back and get my heart broken again. Uh, but he's clearly joking. Yeah. Um, uh, Ray and Egon get to inspecting the child. 
Um, and Pete grabs Dana's cello and plays a cool blues riff. Uh, and I didn't know that you could play a cello like this because he grabs it and kind of plays it like a guitar. Yeah, I, that was that tripped me out. I was like, wow, okay. It's important to note here that if you listen to the first podcast I uh, on Ghostbusters 1, I imagine that I at some point said that Dana is a celloist, a cellist. I think is the right word, uh, in a in a choir in an orchestra. Um, that's her day job. In this one, I think that there's a comment that is made about she's a double major. Uh, she couldn't do the the cello thing while she had the baby, so she's working her other field, which is basically like art restoration, which is why she's working with that guy Janos, and why that was uh, there was this big creepy painting of uh, this scary looking guy uh, that started to come to life behind Janos. Sorry, I'm doing a bad job here of uh, putting things in order, but that's the catch-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, where am I in? In my notes. Um, uh, Peter walks through the door and says, you want to break my heart again? Yep, and Ray and Egon get to inspecting the child. Pete grabs Dana's cello and plays a cool blues riff. I didn't know that you could play it like that. He says he heard uh, that, um, he says that Pete says that he heard that Dana's husband ran off to Europe and she tells him that he got a job with the orchestra there. Um, the the baby's chick I wrote the baby is ticklish because I think at this point Egon and Ray are taking like the baby's vitals and they're checking him out, like all, all of like his babiness, and they tickle him under the armpits and he laughs and, and so the baby is ticklish, we know that. Um, cute baby. Cute baby twins play the baby I I saw in the hero credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um he says, uh, Pete, Pete says that Dana would be better off if she married him, and she says he never asked. And uh, we get like a back and forth where uh, they talk about their relationship, and, and it's it's whatever. They're, they're, they're broken up, but he never asked her to marry him, but I think that they were both trending that way, it sounds like. Um, he, got, uh, he walks over, realizes that they're paying attention to the baby, um, and uh, Pete goes over to 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 see what they're doing and egon lets him know that he should get a stool sample and hands the the uh the little container to pete as ray egon and dana go to check out where the baby sleeps to see if there's any kind of readings they can get over there um egon lets the group know that his parents didn't believe in toys he said he had part of a slinky but he straightened it uh Pete calls the baby Oscar ugly. <laughs> we find out that the baby's name is Oscar. Uh, Pete's playing with him, and he kind of let, lets out a yell, and Dana runs back over into the other room um, where Pete is with Oscar. Uh, e- I think Egon at some point says that he would like to run some gynecological tests on Dana, and Pete says, who wouldn't? <laughs> who wouldn't? Yeah, I love that. I wrote that down. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um. They decide that the the next best place to check is going to be out on the street where the ba- where the baby carriage ran away from them. So they run out on the streets, and it sounds like there's some serious readings coming from under the street. Uh, they have to figure out what it is, and then we get to the best scene in this whole movie. So when I talk about it, like all this stuff up until this point has been fine. Uh, Janos is, an, is a, like a good character addition. Apparently, they were going to have that actor uh, just read like Janos is like very straight, uh, like like bland character. But he was the one who uh, kind of gave him this like Eastern European accent and like made that character fun. And like, I actually really like Janos in this movie. Yeah, he's pretty great. I, I also like that actor in the Mr. Bean movie. I like him in pretty much anything I see him in where he's like 
Yeah, he I mean, was I just like him. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. just like I like that actor. No, I think he does a good like, job. Yeah, and I, I looked at I his IMDb. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't think there's like really an actor like him where he's just like a very animated person that's not that's never really the leading person in a movie. He's always mm-hmm. like a sidekick or an, an annoying antagonist, you know. Yeah. In my research, I went and looked at his IMDb page and I saw that he had a bunch of acting credits and I was like, good for you, man. Like, glad you get some work because, uh, yeah, and he's in, he's in quite a bit. So and a lot of uh, voice acting as well, which I think he'd be good at because he, he nails this like accent, like character person. So I like it. Um, they're getting some serious readings from under the street and we cut to later that night and like I say this is the best best scene of the whole movie uh, later that night Egon is jackhammering away and a cop rolls up asking them why they're cutting and Egon, Egon yells boss and Pete comes out and he says who's told you to stop cutting these guys told you to stop cutting and they do like these New York accents and it's the best part of the movie because it's just them like in universe improvising but I feel like this is what the Ghostbusters should be like operating like undercover and a lot of like bits like this and if this movie was i think this is my favorite scene from both of the movies i think ghostbusters one and two like this is like i I laughed harder at this scene than i did in either of the movies like so i think that if this if the movies could just be two hours of this i'd be stoked because it's great um uh Pete comes out. Yeah, he say, he asks the cops. He's like, you know, you come down here. He says, you shake my monkey tree, which I have never heard. But yeah, they're doing New York accents and it's fun. And they they convince the cops that they're they're supposed to be there, that they're doing work. And uh, and I think Pete goes, right, right, Ziggy, when he points to Egon. And Egon just goes, puts his fist up and goes, yo. And I don't know why, <laughs> but I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um. Which I thought was very, like, in character for Egon to be, like, this kind of stiff, like, science dude and, like, uh, try to, like, improvise. I thought it was good. Um, They uh, know they're getting some serious readings down there and they have to get down there. And Egon and and Ray and Pete, they all decide somebody's got to go down there. And then Egon and Pete look at Ray and it's clear that he's going to be the one that's rappelling down into the hole. Um, We cut over to the large painting we saw earlier uh, behind Janosch. And it has, it's come to life. And Janusz is, uh, we saw, well, we saw it come to life earlier. Janusz is working late cleaning it up. Uh, it's nighttime. And the painting zaps him. Uh, like, lasers shoot out of the eyes and zap him. The painting changes from a portrait of Vigo uh, to the hall, to a hallway with, like, floating, uh, there's, like, some, it's a hallway with, like, some pink background to it. I don't think we're supposed to know what it is yet. Um, yeah. And we see a floating head. And I, right here, I want to talk to you about did you like this? Because I did not like this effect. It is just a human face. The guy looks creepy, but it's not like the ghost that we've seen in universe. And I just I didn't like the way that this effect looked. Yeah, I well, um, so the thing about it not looking like in universe, like the ghost before, yeah. I would say that it's 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 kind of in universe with, um. The big bad from the last movie, where I can see where like the powerful people might have like a full, like you know, not like yeah, you know, they could be like an actual person. So I didn't, that's, I didn't mind that. That's kind of where I was at too. Is that like yeah, Gozer was like very like real. Like we actually see Gozer. Like she comes out and like she's the chick with the flat top and like 
Yeah. Like, she's real. But she had, like, red eyes, like, was kind of pasty. Like, this guy just looks like a dude. Yeah. Well, a creepy dude, but not, like, there's not anything, like, really... Yeah. Towards the end, it gets kind of uh, yeah. creepier. Yeah, and then this but, floating head effect was just, like... Yeah, I didn't really... I didn't really like it because like every time every time it would do it, I would be like waiting for it to move in a certain it's like it was like I, I can't tell if it was like turned an angle, if it would have been turned like a different angle, maybe it might have looked better, but cause like every time I look at it, it's like something's just off. It's not it doesn't look good. Yeah. So I, and, and to this point, we've got no backstory on like where the painting came from or like what why anything is happening. Like it like the this movie, I think if you like it, like I say, if you scratch like a few layers below the surface, it, there's not a lot there. So we can talk about that more because we're gonna get more information about who Vigo is. But uh, I, I think actually in this scene that he he introduces himself as like whatever Vigo the Carpathian or whatever, and uh, uh, he. Uh, he zaps Janos and Vigo commands Janos and like Janos is totally on board he he's already down to be commanded he gets on like his knees or gets down and says uh, like he's got some there's some real like he's very weak he, he's already being commanded I think yeah. I think the implication is that when he zaps him is that he starts to like he's in like in, he's inside now like he's possessing him because I think from this point on Janos doesn't know what's happening to him. Um, uh, Vigo says, Now is the season of evil. Find me a child so I may live again. And Janos is down. Janos is like, I'm in. Let's steal a baby. Uh, Janos gets zapped a whole bunch uh, more, and he's oddly cool about it. Like, he's not... He's not freaking out. He's pretty chill about it. Uh, we've got a major issue here, just that we've got no backstory for this character, uh, for Janos. Uh, he's not possessed or anything. He's just down to help a painting steal a child. Like, he... I feel like he was on board very quickly. The fact that, like, later on in the movie, it's kind of revealed that he was possessed, it kind of makes it better, but I don't know. Yeah. This, all, wasn't, was... this all didn't really work for me at the time, I, I, even though I like Janos as a character. I think they... Um, they kind of painted him in like a weaselly form. Like, yeah. just he's just a weasel, and I think they were just like, "Ah, eh, that's enough." You know, he talks weird. He's like small and yeah, has a higher pitch voice. So he's a weasel. So that's that's good enough. I think that's what they were probably thinking. But yeah, they should have did a little bit more. To well, at this us... at this point, I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, we don't have Rick Moranis. So I guess this is kind of yeah. our Rick Moranis guy. But you know what? So I don't. Sorry, I'm jumping forward just a little bit. Yeah. When the Ghostbusters come to the museum to see the um, painting, yeah, I would have liked it better if that happened before he got possessed, because then at least we get to see him being like a weasel and naggy and all this other stuff and just like whatever, right? And then as soon as Vigo zaps him, you realize, okay, this guy was nothing but bark, you know, and then then he's like, okay, I will do whatever you want. Don't hurt me. And I just think if those two um, scenes were switched, then I think it would have made that character would have made more sense in the long run. Yeah, I agree. They probably should have, you know, introduced what the painting was, who this person was and and 
kind of set him up as like a bad guy first and then given some backstory we would have got more of who Janosch was and and like you were saying and then when he gets zapped like it kind of makes more sense I feel like if they had if they had told us who Vigo was before this but I don't think we know at this point really uh, other than his like self introduction and that yeah obviously he's a freaking ghost yeah um so uh, Egon and Pete lower Ray down into the hole that they've uh, jackhammered in the middle of the street. And it's a river of slime. Uh, Ray's stoked. He's like, there's a river of slime. And it's in the old Van Horn pneumatic transit system. And Ray repels down, uses a really cool like little grabber thing. <laughs> it's like a dome on the end of a stick. He uses that to grab uh, some of the slime for a sample. Um, and he's like, Asking to be brought back up because the slime is starting to reach up to grab him around his ankles, um, and he wants to be pulled up. But up top, the cops have shown back up, and they're hassling Egon and Ray, or Egon and uh, Pete. I'm sorry. Uh, and this time they brought a city employee. Pete says, "I got three thousand phone lines in Greenwich Village and eight million lines of cable to check in the cities." And the city employee is like, "The phone lines are over there." <laughs> yeah, I like that part. And it's great, yeah, because Pete turns around to Egon and he says, I told you that the phone lines were over there. And he starts, like, hitting him on the head. Um, yeah, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? Yeah. The cops interrupt to ask who they really are. Pete says he's got a major gas leak here. Like, I like how he just changes the story, like, on the fly. <laughs> um, I love this scene and the New York accents, uh, are, like, are great. And the, constru- the whole construction pit is just fantastic. So, like, shout out to that because I wish there was more of it. Um, down below, the sl- slime is reaching up to grab Ray. He screams for them to pull him up. As they, as they, as they do, he knocks out a power line, and all of the power in New York City goes out. Apparently, apparently, yeah, all of the, yeah, apparently the whole power grid is this one line. It's one line, and it's the whole city. Yeah, um, so everything goes dark. Um, uh, Yana shows up at Dana's place and it's dark. Like the, the power outage has affected her and Yana shows up and he's, uh, says he was in the neighborhood and he just wanted to check on her because of all the, the blackness, I think is what he says. Yeah. Uh, he asks if she wants it or, uh, he asks if she wants him to come in. He says, don't let the bed bugs bite. And she shuts the door. <laughs> uh, like she says, no, 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 I'm good. Like, thank you. And then shuts the door on him. And then his eyes turn into flashlights. And like, it's a cool little reminder that he's like possessed here. Yeah. And it, it was like, I remember that as a kid. Yeah. And I remember having nightmares about just that visual of a It's a, cr- it's a creepy standing. visual. Yeah. yeah if a you- person standing in the hallway with like bright white lights. I, yeah, if you uh, haven't seen it, it's like uh, the hallway is like dark, but it's got like the red like emergency light glow. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of like vaguely like red lighted. And uh, and yeah, he's like his eyes turn into like full on like like uh, flashlights where just like beams of white light are coming out of them. Um, so uh, the Ghostbusters escapades of drilling in the middle of the street has got them uh, into court, apparently uh, very quickly. There's no time jump here. There's no implication that like a couple days have passed. Like they're just like it's like they went directly from the street to being in court. Um, yeah. The Ghostbusters are on trial. Yep. I did notice that they do that a lot. They so do in yeah. They just did it in red notice too. Like I was like, there should be a couple, uh, you know, 
a time jump here like there should be a gap and and they don't they just cut directly over and it's always like a little bit jarring it's like okay so these people went from being in the middle of the jungle directly to cairo like just and they got there that night apparently um in in red notice at least um so uh we cut over to the court case where the ghostbusters are on trial and like damn this city believes into uh believes in the right to a speedy trial because like like i say it's it's pretty much immediate uh the judge says uh this is new york city and that new york city and he don't believe in ghosts and i was like motherfucker really you don't believe in ghosts? like it was five years ago that a giant ass Stay Puft Marshmallow Man walked down the streets and ghosts were released into the streets of New York City and they were driving taxis and eating hot dogs and shit. Like, you don't remember any of that? It was, it's very bizarre yeah, in this it's, film. It's, yeah, it's, it's just like if, you know, Iron Man 3 comes out yeah. and and everybody forgot that you know the avengers literally closed a portal in the in the in the sky right and they were just yeah everybody was treating them like buttholes you know yeah that exactly would, that, that's just you would be so mad yeah I get it's it. jarring like and there was like there were tv cameras there it's not like it was like a thing you could have missed like yeah this was a big deal and so this is probably my biggest issue with the movie is that nobody seems to remember what the ghostbusters have done whereas I feel like a better way to handle it, and obviously this is a 2021 perspective, uh, but maybe if this movie was made today, they could blame it on like conspiracy theorists. Like, oh, this judge is, you know, a believer in, I'm going to use QAnon, but like QAnon says that like, that never happened. That was the government that did that. And like, like that, that this would be some sort of conspiracy theory that, that was actually the Ghostbusters, like, fabrication. They did that. Yeah. Or... Well, well, I just want to say... Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry we just spoiled Ghostbusters Afterlife for everybody, because how is it not going to be exactly <laughs> that? You think they <laughs> lent like, into the QAnon perspective? Yeah, I think so. That's that's exactly what it's going to be. Again, oh, I, I think it's a great setup. I think it's a great setup if you want everybody to forget that... Uh, Something happened five years prior. Just make them a bunch of QAnon people that that you know have a conspiracy that they believe in. Yeah, easy peasy. That, yeah. Oh boy, I haven't watched the trailer for the Ghostbusters movie, but I think <laughs> I want to watch a trailer just to see if like there's like a string there that I can connect this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I saw a red Q in the background of a of, a, of one of the trailers. Um, Honestly, I think it's like the like it's a it's my new favorite cheap trick in writing is that I'm just gonna seal up all my plot holes with with QAnon. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he gets a they get the the speedy trial and they're in in the court uh, in the courtroom. That the the judge is adamant that he doesn't believe in ghosts and that ghosts aren't gonna be a part of this this case. Uh, Lewis Tully is their lawyer, and we do get Rick Moranis. I was stoked to see Rick Moranis show up. He's in just basically this scene and a few more. Um, but it's great, and I think he's so well utilized in this role because he's he's their lawyer, and he's like uh, he's like you know I usually do tax law, and he's like but I you know I didn't train to become a lawyer. I I, I got you know I got my law degree at night school, and they say well it's a good thing we were arrested at night, which not how that works. Um, 
we get a couple good jokes here. There's there's this whole scene is good because Rick Moranis is great. Um, there's the part where Pete Venkman is on the stand and he's leading uh, Rick Moranis as he's like questioning him. So Pete's on the stand and he's like he's saying things and then Lewis is kind of like repeating them back to them as like though he's saying them like as the as the lawyer and then he says the judge says is there anything else and Lewis looks at uh, Pete and says is there anything else and Pete just goes I think we've given them enough and like <laughs> well, I thought that was great because yeah, like, yeah, he just yeah, knows how poorly it's going I think yeah, in this part I, um, just in my yeah. notes I wrote mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Kelly would have been a better lawyer than Lewis <laughs> Well, certainly, if this was some sort of bird law case. <laughs> I mean, he could have tied it in. Uh, the mayor's assistant, I, I wrote down here, says that he wants the Ghostbusters gone for good. I think he's saying this to the prosecutor. He wants them locked up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who's Lu- super gorgeous, by the way. Uh, like, her name was Janet Margolin. 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 I don't know. M A R G L A. Yeah, so she's very gorgeous. Go look her up. She's uh, <laughs> like a very big. She had a big career. She was like in like um freaking Andy. What's his name? I mean, not Andy. Uh, the director dude that no one likes now. Zack Snyder. No, it's the old guy, creepy guy, married his like granddaughter or something. Oh, white fucking. guy glasses. Yeah. Why am I blanking on it? Right? Why am I blanking Woody on it too? Woody Allen. Yeah. Yes. She was in a Woody Allen movie, and yeah, she was a pretty big actor back in the day. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so. um, I don't know. I just looked her up, and I was like, "Oh, cool." All right. Um, yeah. Lewis does not wow the court, and Egon says, "Good job, Lewis. It was short and pointless." And I, I thought that was funny. Uh, the prosecutor asked the city employee, Mr. Fianella, which is good, good New Yorker name. I like that. Mr. Fianella. Um, I shouldn't talk like that. <laughs> so, That's fine. Yeah. Listen, um, you know what? I, years of practice to, to sound more feminine, and then I bust that out. Um, to identify the pink slime, and he says, I've been, working these, I've been working these lines for 30 years. I've never seen nothing like that before. They put it there, and then Ray shouts, we didn't do that, and then he, he gets silenced by the judge. Uh, it's a good point here to know that the judge is, uh, takes no shit, and they call him the hammer. Um, yeah. yeah, Pete's uh, directed by, or directs Lewis from the stand, which I already talked about. The prosecutor questions Peter, and he's sarcastic, and the judge scolds him, and the pink stuff starts to gurgle. Um, so we see this in the scene that the, the judge has kind of got a short fuse and he starts yelling at people and every time he does the pink uh, pink slime starts to kind of bubble up and gurgle. Um, yeah. And I was like, I don't think this man is a real judge. He keeps shouting shut up at people. <laughs> uh, yeah. guy, I love that guy. That guy has one of those TV yell voices that uh, like you notice it right away. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, that yeah, was pretty good. His anger seems to be causing the bar, uh, the, wait, causing the bar to bubble over? No, ca- causing the, the jar to bubble over, uh, which releases a few ghosts in electric chairs. Um, and I said, finally, some actual ghosts. The ghosts drag off the prosecutor, and the guys tell the judge he's probably next. He waves the charges so that the Ghostbusters will help him fight the ghosts. Uh, I think in this part, he also says, it's the Scolari brothers. I sent them to the chair. Because there are two ghosts in electric chairs. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of on the nose. <laughs> um, uh, they, and they erupted out of the, the goo. Um, and 
the Ghostbusters uh, agree that with the cha- the charges waived, that they're going to help. And I was like, where the fuck is Winston? Because I think he yeah. was at the beginning of the scene, but I think he just, does he just bail? Well, you, well no, because, yeah, he was in the, yeah, he probably just peaced out when the ghost started popping off. Like, yep, nope, I don't do this anymore. I'm out. And he probably, you know, peaced out, but he wasn't Winston- with them. He wasn't with them when they were doing a drill and so he wasn't on trial. Winston needs to, like, decide if he's a ri- ride or die or if he's, like, yeah, he's not in the Ghostbusters. Because like, he's very like, uh, not not today. I will quit today. In Ghostbusters one, he's like, I'll get my own lawyer. Like, I don't need the shit. And then the mayor bails him out. He's like, I guess I'm with the Ghostbusters now. And then he goes and fights Gozer. And then in this one, yeah, it's just like he's there and then he's not, and then he'll come back later. I don't know. It's fucking all over the place. Um. So, uh. I put where the fuck is Winston. The Ghostbusters get their proton packs on, and they talk about oh, you know, quick. yeah. Mm-hmm. Real quick, when um, the judge when they're like negotiating, um, like they're like releasing weight and drop dismissing the case. Yeah. And um, and Lewis is going on his little thing and blah 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 blah. blah. And if they were to bust ghosts, you'll be exposing yeah. them to. You'll be exposed. They'll be to something. Exposing They'll be exposing them themselves. themselves. Yeah, and then Bill Murray was like, "And you don't want us exposing ourselves." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I was good. Thought, I, okay. I think that yeah, I think Louis Tully, uh, Rick Moranis' character, says like, "According to that blue thing she gave me, if they do yeah. blah 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 blah, they'll be exposing themselves." And then he goes, "You don't want us exposing ourselves." Um, yeah, I thought that was good. Thank you for remembering that. I kind of take yeah. general notes. It's it's hard to tell, especially in a movie that I haven't seen before, what's noteworthy and what's not. And so, yeah. Uh, thank you for helping me remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Ghostbusters get their proton packs. They have a conversation about, like, you think these things still works? And Egon says, yeah, they've got a half-life of 5,000 years. And I feel like he's kind of burying the lead there. Like, they made a battery that lasts 5,000 years. And that seems like the real marketing scheme, but no yeah like that could be put to use in so many different yeah. ways yep um the ghosts start to come at them and they blast them scaring them through a wall but they kind of have this weird forced laugh where they're like did we do it like did we get protonic reversal and like destroy these things but like they always come back like there's like it's a running theme in the ghostbusters movie so them blasting thinking that something's gone and then it comes back yeah um in this part where they're cutting on the uh-huh. machines uh they go do and they cut on yeah cut it on mm-hmm. and then it's like do ray and ray cuts his on and then egon's like egon and it's yeah. like like they hit the wrong note and as a child i would do that all the time that was one of my <laughs> annoying little kid things to do It'd well i think he does i think he ray, does get the Egon. He gets the note right, but it just doesn't, like, I think you're right, you're expecting, obviously, Do-Re-Mi, but he goes, Do-Re, and then he goes, Egon! Oh, yeah, like, it is Egon? I yeah, thought it was I just, dumb. Just as a child, that's what I would do. It was like, Egon. Didn't work uh, for me. Didn't work for me. <laughs> I didn't like it, but that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought this was, like, too cartoony. Like, I thought, the, okay, like, I was like, this is the shit from the real Ghostbusters. Like, this yeah, is where like they're a, being cartoony. Yeah, this is me like kid me it, i was a mark they got me <laughs> i was a big mark and they got me all right um da, 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 da. let's see where we at in the story here uh the guys make some weird force laughs and the ghosts come back 
the Ghostbusters blast them, and then they grab them, they trap them in the in the the trap, uh, and then they emerge from the courtroom and they declare that they're back like that. Uh, and I was like, that felt premature. Like they 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 just got out of court and they're like, we're back, and they're they're fighting ghosts again. So I guess I guess they're back. Um, they run down the streets of New York City and they got a new logo, but it's like the Ghostbusters two logo. Okay, so this is where I start to have issues with the movie. I feel like everything yeah, up until this point that. has been fine. Everything up to this point has been fine with the exception of, like, I don't love Vigo and... and uh, I like Janos, but I don't like Vigo as, like, the bad guy. So I'm good with everything up until this point. This is where shit starts to go a little bit downhill for me. Um, yeah, they there's, like, a montage of them, like, running down the street of New York City. They do have the cool new black, uh, like, jumpsuits, but they do have the Ghostbusters 2 logo. And this is the thing where I'm like, this is just a cash grab. Like, they're... Somebody came up with the Ghostbusters 2 logo, and now there, there's the Ghostbusters 2 logo on the arm, and it just feels like they're trying to sell shit with the Ghostbusters 2 logo on it, and I didn't like that, and I it would have all been fine, honestly, for me, if they just said, like, like it, that, like, this is the second iteration of Ghostbusters. If there was a throwaway line of, like, them being like, we're back, like, Ghostbusters 2, like, I think that, that would have been on the nose but but would have worked for me so in my head when i saw that because i didn't like it either yeah i was like why is the movie logo on there yeah right and so i was so then like i would see it and then like i would just rationalize it in my head as if like it was something like ghostbusters we're back to keep the peace and it's like he's throwing the peace symbol that's how i like rationalized it in my head yeah, just the peace symbol, but it was very dumb, and I don't know why they did that. With your merch hookups, can you make me a, a shirt where it's the ghost, but he's like flipping you off? <laughs> um, so I could if you're gonna pay those legal fees. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I got the money. I think I could I could take on Columbia Pictures or whatever. All right, let's it's go. Col- for it. It's Columbia, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so. Uh, where are we at? Sorry, every time we do this, I, I lose where I'm at in my notes. Um, yeah, they run down the streets of New York City. They got the new logo. It's the Ghostbusters 2 logo. I don't know why it's on their, their shirt, but we get the Run DMC song here. And this is... I can envision a disagreement here. Uh-oh. On, th- on okay. three, on three, just in one word, say what you think of the song. One, <laughs> two, three. Fucking terrible. Love it. Oh God! Okay. Okay. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. It's just singing the plot of the movie. I'm not like overly a Run DMC fan to begin with. I don't think there's. I like my Adidas. That is the only Run DMC song I like. Rock this way with. Yeah, that's an Aerosmith song. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I I like the song. It's just a, just no, like, so that's a that's a Run DMC song. They do a decent amount of singing. I mean, I guess Aerosmith just is the chorus, but but uh, I do like Walk This Way. I like when he says I, "Hey Diddle Diddle" with the kitty in the middle. That's the part I remember from that song. Yeah, I just I'm just a fan of freaking like <laughs> the music, just the vibe. <laughs> I, that's yeah, that's I like the thing it. is, I've always wanted to like them. Like I think they're like peak '80s hip hop, and I've always wanted to like them. I just don't like their music that much. And and then this this song I think is just objectively bad. So did you did you like the Beastie Boys? I mean not the Beastie Boys. Beastie yeah the Beastie Boys. Like in general or like 
Did just I like, miss yeah, it? Like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, like, I fucking love that. I love the Beastie Boys. I, the, and I don't know why. I think they're similar, right? I think they're similar in that they do that kind of like collaborative like verse like hip hop thing. Um I just like the Beastie Boys songs more. Uh like I just I, I feel like they're easier to sing to. I don't know why. I, I, you know, that's a really good point though. Like that they are very in the same vein. But maybe I just need to listen to more Run DMC cuz I know a bunch of, of uh Beastie Boys songs and I like a, lot, a bunch of Beastie Boys songs. But yeah. Yeah. I so I just I mean, I listen to both. I would listen to Run DMZ or the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Boys. And then, like, I just like when I'm in that vibe. I yeah. like that vibe. And I just, you know, and then, like, this movie, like, when I'm watching this movie, I'm, like, I'm, like, an 80s vibe. So all this is just, like, I'm just loving all the, like, I love the music in this episode. Yeah. I mean, in this uh, movie. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that. I'm going to go listen to run, more run DMC. I'll get back to you on it uh, next week. Uh, but like, I think I just objectively like, I, none of this is objective. I subjectively like Beastie Boys songs more. So just the vibe and lyrics and stuff like that. More. Yeah, that's understandable. So, okay. Uh, they catch a jogging ghost. There's a whole fucking montage here. Um, uh, the mayor's assistant sees an ad for the Ghostbusters, you know, because they're back and uh, he rolls his eyes. He's upset about it. Uh, they get darker uniforms, and I think they're cool. Uh, we see Slimers at the at the firehouse, and he's eating Lewis's lunch. Apparently, this is a a throw uh, like a something for the kids that's thrown in. Apparently, the kids love Slimer, and like Slimer is actually like helpful in the real Ghostbusters. So that's why he's like hanging out there, and like later on, he'll help Lewis Tully. Yeah. So in uh, there was a whole part. There was a whole like there was going to be a whole running gag. Yeah. In this whole in the whole movie with Lewis and Slimer, where um Lewis is trying to prove that he can be a Ghostbuster. Like he has what it takes to be a Ghostbuster. And so he's trying to catch Slimer, who's just been at the, you know, the Ghostbusters house just chilling, right? And the, the guys they didn't care to catch him or anything like that. So Slimer just He's like a mascot. And, yeah. And so like uh, Lewis is like, okay, I'm gonna catch Slimer and I'm gonna prove to the guys that I'm a Ghostbuster. Yeah. And all of that got cut out. So it's just gonna be running gags of him trying to catch Slimer in different, like, random situations. All of it got cut out. But except for the part you just talked about. And then at the end, there's another yeah. part with Lewis. And it so, would have been that would have been a nice payoff if, like, if they had, like, kind of an adversarial relationship the whole time. And then when shit's going down, like, he, he offers him a ride in the bus at the end. Yeah. That would that would be nice. Yeah. But huh. we nah, gotta get those just, deleted scenes in there. Maybe I didn't even check to see if there was like a special edition of this with those scenes in it. It bums me out that I feel like when I buy a movie on Vudu, which is what I did with these, that like there isn't deleted scenes. Like I feel like I should get what would be on the DVD, but it, yeah. but it seems like you just get the movie and it kind of sucks. Um. So. Unless it's hidden and I just don't know how to get there, but I'll, I'll I don't I don't think that I don't think that it is there. Um, I, you know what I I assume I assume that I mean I guess people I guess they just assume that people are just gonna go to YouTube and uh, just figure out more information so they don't have to bother yeah. with yeah. you know taking up more space. You Very know. possible. Yep. Um, Dana sees a commercial for the Ghostbusters and she's stoked, but like 
Egon in this commercial shows off a coffee mug and then he's like, it's he's like there are thermal f- coffee mug or blah, blah, blah. He's like, it balloons for the kids. And I'm like, are they doing fucking, you know, marketing promotion in this movie? Like they're marketing like toys. And uh, I, I found out that they actually did sell that mug and it's just annoying to me. I don't like this, but it's yeah. It's like the fucking gag in uh, Spaceballs, where they're like, Spaceballs, Spaceballs, the mud flaps and whatever. And like, like it's like if they actually went and did that. Yeah. Um, or they, they could have did it. You know, there's a way to do it, you know, where it's <clears throat> where it's there's a way to do it where like you really want people to go buy this thing. But it's yeah. still like in universe and you can play it serious or whatever like that, because they did it in the first Jurassic Park and you know yeah and i know i bought into that like super hard so they could have did a better job at that because a lot of the stuff does seem like come off very yeah i think i think the way to think about it though like like it should make sense i don't know why it bugs me as much as it does because it should make sense in the world like they're they are sellouts they have always been sellouts and you know like that was pete's whole goal like pete's stated intention in the first movie is like he's already talking about the marketing of it so I, I, it shouldn't bug me as much as it does, but it does, it just it's the fact that they put the two on the lo- on the, the the arm of the fucking jumpsuits. It drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah that was ridiculous. Stuff. Um. Yeah. Anyways. Uh. So the uh at the at the firehouse, the the Ghostbusters HQ. Uh, Egon and Ray just dis- uh display for Pete and Winston that the Goo is somehow responding to bad vibes, is what Winston says. Like, and I was like, oh, I'm sure it didn't mean the same thing at the same time. But anytime I'm like, I hear somebody say, oh, it's bad, got like it responds to bad vibes. Like nobody says it responds to bad vibes, but whenever people talk about bad vibes, it just reminds me of every like rave girl that I've ever hung out with. That's just like, oh, this bad vibes, you know, like yeah, <laughs> that yeah, kind like of the vibrations, and yeah, the energy, the aura. Here, let me get my rocks. Yeah. Yeah. I just, when I'm just around somebody, and you know how they just have, like, bad vibes. Like, I just got bad vibes from this person. And, like, I was like, what month are you born in? Because I could check your astrological sign. And, yeah, it's it's those people. That's a callback. All right, so. uh, They... They yell at some slime to demonstrate how it responds to bad vibes. And they've also been testing it with positive vibes, we find out. And, uh, you know, they've been singing to it. They've been, uh, you know, saying nice things to it, giving it positive reinforcement. And Pete says, no, you guys aren't sleeping with the slime, are you? And uh, they get uncomfortable, uh, (laughs) Egon and Ray. And uh, and, uh, it's, it's clear that Egon's response it's clear by his response that he has been in fact sleeping with the slime and I want to put that in perspective to you guys he's putting the slime on his dick and masturbating I guess yeah that's what during the whole time I was like how does this work why is this in here why I wrote wrote in the note I Uh said ha 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 slime sex question mark (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why this is in here it's just it's ridiculous like this is supposed to be a joke for the parents and i'm just like it's gross and weird and i don't think it's that funny did you think it was funny did you laugh at the time or was it just like no i was just like 
trying to like it was funny uh it was funny how absurd it was <laughs> yeah like why is this here and so i just couldn't even figure out what to write other than what i did <laughs> and i was just like what does he jerk off with it does he spoon it does he like i don't know like i was like does it is it just feeling up on the jars like it was like I didn't, <laughs> just uh, rubbing up on the jar yeah um he rubs it on his chest i don't know um all right so it's but imagine seems- if that made it but imagine if that made it like a thousand times better they could make that into a lube and it would like sell out and <laughs> it would be the that's biggest the real, product in the world. That's the real commercial success behind this. Yeah. Um, they yell at the slime to show how it responds. Oh yeah, no, I read that. They put some slime in the toaster and they're like, check this out. They play music and the toaster hops around. It's super dumb and I hate this. Uh, and Pete's imagining how they can make the money, money off the slime. It's just super dumb. I don't, I don't like that part. Um, at the museum, the painting makes faces at Dana, and she notices it. Like she kind of like catches it out of the corner of her eyes, and she's like, "What's what's going on with this painting?" She's very skeptical of it. She's freaked out by it. Uh, Pete arrives at her work, uh, and he walks in, and he's uh, he chats with her, and then I think he says something to Janos. She gets introduced to Janos. Yeah, Dana introduces Pete to Janos, and he talks about the Vigo painting. Pete calls Vigo a sissy, and Yano says he was a great magician. And then, he, like he he defends uh he defends Vigo a bunch. And Dana adds that he was also a mass murderer. And Pete tries to add a kit uh, kitten. He like grabs some paint and he's gonna like add a kitten to the painting. And Yano shoes him away. Uh, Dana tells yeah, Peter that, that she's funny. freaked out by the painting, which she should be. It's a freaky painting, and it's making faces yeah. at her. Um. That night, Dana takes Oscar to the bathroom uh, to give him a bath, and she turns, she runs the water, but the water turns to pink goo, and it runs out of the faucet and fills fills the tub, and she turns around to see a giant pink blob in the bathroom and runs out, and the whole bathroom tries, the whole bathtub tries to eat her. Dana goes over to Pete's place, and he calls Ray and Egon to explain what happened, and Egon uh, and Ray put together that this is related to the painting at Dana's uh, Dana's work. Sorry, it's a, it says Dana auto-corrected me in... in the word document uh ray and egon go over to dana's place to check out the tub uh dana suggests pete sleep on the couch uh oh yeah he's he's showing them the bedroom and she's over at his place and he takes her to the bedroom and uh he's laying in the bedroom and he's kind of like making sexy poses and putting the moves on her and stuff and then she's like well you should sleep on the couch and we'll sleep in here and uh I, what I liked about this is that Bill yeah. Murray is killing it in this scene with this baby. His yeah. whole like everything he says to the baby is really great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, uh, she's like, well, I think it's time for me to put him down. And then he's like, can I? And then she's like, sure. And he's like, you're short and you're a terrible burden on your mother. And I think I thought that oh, was yeah, really yeah, that, funny. Yeah. I love that. That's the yeah funny ending on that because it was like, yo, be nice. I'm gonna let you get you know where my <laughs> where my famous signed jacket or whatever it's a t-shirt a that he got from like joe uh, something joe namath joe namath yeah yeah and i was just like and they it did like with him being a butthole to the freaking baby like what <laughs> i thought it was funny i just like that's just you know why i like that so much is that my that's something totally totally that my grandpa would do my dad's dad uh yeah. like that's that's totally like his 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 type of comedy, very dry and like, uh, like I, he would call me sometimes and like the first, like I pick up the phone and be like, hello. And he's like, you're short and your mother dresses you funny. 
and like and that's how he would start conversation so i think that this scene just reminded me of my grandpa and i liked it yeah. um uh, also with the baby with uh-huh. the baby uh when the <clears throat> back going back a little bit when they where she's uh about they get him washed or whatever like that and she turns on the water yeah and then she's like she says to the baby um I think you might have gotten more food on your shirt than your in your mouth. And then like me thinking of like as a father of three. And I was like, oh yeah, I know how that is. Cause it's just like it gets everywhere. But then she yeah. turns the baby around and it's the smallest stain on the like <laughs> dead center of the shirt. Like she made like dropped like just a little bit right there and it got smushed around a little bit. And I was just like, what? This yeah. baby, this is the cleanest baby about to take an unnecessary bath. I just thought it was funny. Well she said that she said the whole like uh you got more of it on you than you did in like in, like in your mouth. Like yeah. I was like, man, that's a fucking played out joke. And I was like, I wonder if this movie invented it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it. that all the time, every time I watch these old movies, I'm like, yeah. is that where people got that from? You yeah. Know? Is this what started it? Is it is it like played out to me, but this is what it where it started? Yeah. Um Oh yeah, I had one of those for Biodome. Um, I can't remember what I guarantee was, you but... Biodome didn't invent anything. Yeah, I, I remember you saying exactly that. Same <laughs> now we're gonna have to go back and, and watch it, but <laughs> it's that, that movie sucks. Oh. oh, okay. So, um, the go, uh, so the, I think at some point here, uh, uh, Pete says to Dana, um, that. The Egon and Ray went over to her place, and it's covered in in like goo or whatever, something like that. It's, it's bad. You, you can't go back there, um, not for a while at least. Uh, so she's gonna be sleeping at Pete's house for a little while. Uh, the Ghostbusters head over to the museum the next day, and we get the greatest line of this film, I think, which is when uh, Pete uh, Pete says, "Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters," and they all kind of suck in. And I thought it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which I think is like self-referential that this movie's five years later that, you know, they're not the like, they went from being, you know, early thirties to like now, I feel like mid to late thirties. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and that this movie is a cash grab. Like they're not young and hungry anymore. I think, yeah. um, um, I like, like sucking your gut and whatever. Yeah. I do the same thing when like I take a picture <clears throat> or whatever like oh yeah at my job you sure. take like a lot of like they just like random pictures of staff yeah. members and stuff like that and then every time i take a picture i always uh say that trump line when he went to meet uh kim jong-un and yeah. i'm like make a make sure you make me look uh thin and handsome or what <laughs> that's what i say i don't remember exactly what he says but like i make a joke about that every time <laughs> and, like no one ever gets it and i'm just like okay whatever <laughs> um so, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna use that from now on. I'm taking that. Yeah, <laughs> See, I'm taking it from you, but I'm gonna attribute it to you. I'm not giving not giving Trump credit for that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Yanosh. Uh, uh, oh, okay, so the Ghostbusters head over to the museum. Second, the ghost guys, guys were the Ghostbusters. Yanosh uh, protests, and Egon says the room is extremely hot. Pete takes a bunch of pictures, uh, and it's all super funny. He's like, he's treating uh, Vigo's painting like he's a model, and he's like, oh, you're scary, and like blah blah blah. It's it's funny. Um, Ray climbs up on a ladder and looks into the eyes of the painting and gets like mildly possessed. He's like arm goes dead and he's just kind of like, like looking at the painting for a while until Egon snaps him out of it. Uh, Ray 
kind of leads the group away, or, uh, Pete, or Egon leads the group away. And uh, Pete looks at Vigo, and uh, this was also pretty funny. He goes, he's like, uh, what does he say? He says, I, like, I've worked with plenty of, plenty of greats, but you're the best or something like that. Yeah, no, he was like, <clears throat> he's like, I've worked with better. Not, not many. many. Yeah. Yeah. Not many. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was really good. All right, so I, I fucked up the line. I can tell I'm able to quote these movies better because I just God, love this movie. I'm glad you should have done the plot for this because yeah, it would have made it. It would have made it easier. Um, so Ray looks in the eyes of painting. It's finally possessed. Pete arrives back home and looks for Dana, and oh no, she cleaned, and she's in a towel. Pete lets her know that the guys found pink slime in her place. Oh, so it's here. Okay. Uh, and I said the slime thing is fucking stupid. Is it pure? It's pure evil at some point, they say. Which I think is stupid. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like a river of evil. Yeah. <clears throat> concentrated evil or something like that. But they it's kinda, also yeah. regenerates from negativity. So I don't know if they were trying to say, like, <clears throat> it's just, just the negativity is what's creating this goo. You know, well, they imply that the goo that's making it evil. They imply that New York is negative, and that's why the goo is there because it's like feeding off the negativity. But then the goo also makes people negative. So I was like, what? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. This is like, like this is when I say like it all falls apart. Like, why is the goo there? Can you answer that question? Yeah, no. I that's what. Yeah, that's why I was trying to figure out. That's why I was asking you. Like, like, is Vigo doing it? Like, yeah. Or we know it's. We know it's linked to him. Well, but is it linked to him? Because Egon says that wasn't it like a river of blood? I thought he said, or uh, he he makes a reference later. It, when they're act- looking at the pictures that they took, he yeah. points out that he points out that you know there's the 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 painting changes from the portrait of Vigo to like his head and the hall like what I thought was a hallway, but he says look it's a, it's the river of goo. Oh, I thought he. I thought he was saying something. I thought it was like he connects know, the river I'll... goo to him, but to it, but it's it doesn't make sense of like where it comes from or like was that shit just flowing there? Was it always there? Like why is it in the pneumatic system? Like where is it coming from? And then also like earlier on, like they drilled a fucking hole down there. They went down there and like they you know, Ray kicks the cord that that disconnects all the the power for New York. Like when they were patching it up, they were like, Oh my God, look, there's just all this fucking pink goo down here. Like they didn't look into it. Also the fucking, and the courtroom, they explain, you know, where the pink goo came from. Nobody believes them. Shit happens in the courtroom. And then they start to believe them. Like after that point, they weren't like, okay, so you guys weren't lying about the glue goo. We need to go check out this goo stuff. It's just weird. I don't know. Forget about it. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. The goo the goo stuff is 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 weird. Um but again, I don't I didn't Some some it. executive was like, "We need slime. Kids love slime. Yeah. Put slime in the movie." And uh, uh, and so when she oh, <clears throat> going back to your going back to the plot, sorry. Um where you were just about to say that um Dana's in the towel. Yeah. Um I was I was thinking um, that they did they tone it down? They toned down Bill Murray's sexualization because he because like yes. I feel like in the first movie, like he immediately would have done something like, "Whoa! If I knew I was expect if I knew I was coming home to this, I would have got naked in the elevator or something like that." You know? Yeah. <clears throat> so like I feel like that part. Yeah, they, they definitely toned, toned down, down the creepiness. 
the, their relationship is better uh, throughout this. And obviously this is this is about to start taking off because, you know, they were on bad terms. She came over to the place. Uh, you know, there's there's the, where they were at their place. And they kind of talked about their uh, they were at Dana's place. And they kind of talked about their relationship. And then she starts sleeping at his place because of the, the goo. And like it's really about to start taking off here. But their relationship is a lot better in this. He's less creepy. Uh, and I mean, they didn't really have a relationship. It was just kind of him like flirting with her in the last one. Um, so it's a lot better. They tone him down in this. And I think that that's, yeah. that's for the best. Um, so, yeah. uh, we find out that Janine is going to be watching the baby. She's at the Ghostbusters HQ, but she's closing up, uh, and tells Lewis that she's closing up because she's got to get over to Pete's place so that she can watch the baby. Uh, Lewis gets up the, the courage to ask, uh, Janine on a date. And she asks if he'll babysit with her. And he says, that sounds good. Uh, uh, Pete explains to Dana that he's got a multi-tiered la uh, laundry cleanliness scale. And that's totally correct. Because I will wear shirts like once. And they're not necessarily dirty. I don't want to throw them in the wash because they're going to get worn out if I keep washing them. So, like, you know, there's there's a tiered scale of dirtiness. I'm going to go and I'm going to go ahead and say. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like... <clears throat> Like my uh, work pants, like if I don't spill oil all over my pants or something like that, they get hung up so they can like air out, and then like I just wear them again like the next week or whatever like that. You know, I try to wear yeah. them at least twice. Yeah. 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 So like I, I agree. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's like you always say, like you can wear jeans until they get heavy. Like if they're they're heavy with the the grit and stuff, you know, that's when you gotta yeah. wash them. That's what you're always saying. All right, so uh, Ray and Egon developed the pictures that they took of the painting. Ray says the slime in the painting is the river of slime. He says that it, uh, he says that that's that's underground. Um, just then, the door to the room locks, and all of the paint the pictures in the like dark room. They're in like an old like dark room where they're developing the pictures, and yeah. the pictures self combust. And the the room, I guess, is locked from the outside, so they can't get out. Yeah, no, no, no. It's locked from the inside. Okay. <laughs> but something's holding it closed. Oh, okay. Is that what it was? Okay. And yeah. then we finally get uh, <laughs> finally give Winston something to do. He bashes the drawer down and shoots the fire with the uh, the fire extinguisher. And yeah, like this is what I'm talking about. Like Winston usually has nothing to do. Sometimes he shows up and it's cool. Uh, but yeah. yeah. <clears throat> to me, I was like. Um... How did he know there was a fire? Because I don't think they said, help us with fire. I think they just like were trying to get out the door. But he Every time came. he, well, he's just always prepared. Every time you hear screaming, he brings a fire extinguisher with him. Hey, Which I, it's the right way to go, you know? So he's always yeah. prepared. Um, all right, um, so, yeah. And I just wanted to say the, I like that scene. Um where they when the pictures catch on fire just because it just it was kind of a cool like visual it could have been done a little bit better but it was just like this red red lights and like these this fire is going and they're like they're panicking i just thought that was pretty cool yeah i thought it was good yeah no i i like the scene and uh the the no idea how the picture self combust but who cares whatever fuck it um, Ray and Egon, uh, oh yeah, uh, Ray, Egon, and Winston show up at Pete's place, and they let him know that they're going down to the old subway to look for, uh, the source of the slime, and Pete lets them know that he's got a date, and they could go fucking die, because he's got more important shit to do, uh, I think he, I think here he's, they approach him on the street, and they're wearing, like, rain gear, I don't know why, but they're wearing rain gear, and, yeah. uh, 
And they're like, we're going to go to the subway and we're going to find the source of it. And he's like prepared for his date with Dana. And uh, he turns around. And he's like, oh, the guys are going down to the subway and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's like, I'll call a cab. And he's like, oh, women, right? Because uh, they're going on a date. Uh, nothing's going to stop that. So I was so disappointed in Dana. The old Dana would have been like, no, go do this so we can figure out what's happening with my baby. <laughs> yeah. <Right>? Go. <laughs> yeah. Especially it's like directly affects her. I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um uh, da, 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 da. Ray, Winston, and Egon are working their way through the sewers. Uh, I said sewers, but it's the subway. They're working their way through the subway, uh, and uh, uh, they're playing with the echo. And the, like they go, "Hey!" And they get the "Hey!" back, and he goes, "Hello, hello!" And Winston goes, "Hey!" And then it just comes back, Winston, and uh, they they get scared, and then like. This movie's a kid's movie in a lot of aspects, but not in this scene. Because fucking heads on stakes. Like, disembodied heads on stakes start to appear around them. And they're all freaking out. Very visual. Their their response is kind of cartoony, but yeah, they freak out. And, um... And then they, the, all the, the heads disappear, and they're like, we should go get our proton packs. Uh, actually, I think they've had the conversation about getting the proton packs before this. Um, but... Oh, no, 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 it's that, and then they, they say we need the, the proton packs. They turn around to go get it, and they start to hear a train, and, like, Winston's like, do you guys hear a train? And they're like, oh, this subway's been abandoned for 50 years. It must be above us. And they're like, oh, no, it's, it sounds like it's getting close. And then a fucking ghost train comes down the the uh, the subway tunnel, yeah. and everybody bails out of the way except for Winston, who gets just ran through uh, by this ghost train, and he's freaked out by it. Uh, I, w- I would say I was disappointed yeah. <laughs> that um, he didn't get slimed when the train went through him. Yeah. Um, but then in the next scene, uh, we find out, I guess, why they chose not to slime him right at that moment. But I was disappointed when yeah. the train went through him and he wasn't slimed. Yeah, you would expect it to have some effect, but it just kind of goes right through him. Um it goes right through him, but he and he's fine, but he just definitely, he definitely doesn't look it. He's very freaked out. Uh, Egon points out that something is trying to stop them, so they must be close. They do talk about going to get back to get their packs, but Ray scares them. Uh, he like like after the train thing, like they're looking around for Ray, and he's not anywhere around. And then he hops out and he's like startles them, which is like you're gonna get, you're gonna die. That's after what just happened. Like you gotta yeah, you gotta be you careful. But he says he's found a hole down to the slime river, and they bail on the proton packs. And Winston's like, "But we gotta go get the pro," and then they're like, "They're already gone." Uh, so they go down the hole, uh, and uh, Egon says, "You know how much negative energy it must have taken to generate a flow this size?" And that's when Winston goes, "Hey, New York!" <laughs> I don't know. He does he does something, but he's like, "Yeah, this is fucking." Hey, it's New York. Yeah, New York yeah. is a very negative place. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, they approach the slime river and they decide to check the de- the depth of like a flowing river. And like, this is the thing. Like, I understand how you can like plumb the depths, you know, using like a, a piece of lead or whatever on a string and, and see how far the string goes down. But like, it's yeah. a pretty fast flowing river. And uh, so Winston drops the, the plumb in and uh, they think they're about to. Uh, oh, yeah. Winston bo- po- drops a plumb in. It starts to take off. He's like, it's 12 feet. And they're like, this thing's 12 feet. And he's like, no, something's pulling it. And uh, and then he gets yanked right into the, to the slime river. And Egon and, and uh, Ray don't do anything at first. And I'm like, oh, they're just going to fucking bail on him. Because like we see him go down and around the corner uh, in the in the river of slime. And then, but give it credit to uh, Egon and Ray. They plug their noses and they hop in to go after him. 
Yeah, imagine if they didn't. <laughs> it was like, nah, it's like, <laughs> I guess he's dead. I guess we need yeah. to find a new Ghostbuster. <laughs> yeah, so well, he's just gone. Uh-huh. Hey, where, where's Winston? You know, and <laughs> that just that'd just be wild if they just left him and he died, or he, he came back and yeah, he he went out end. how he he went out how he wanted to go out, which is in a river of <laughs> slime. That's what he always wanted. Yeah. Um, the uh, cut over to Dana and Pete. Uh, Pete's date where they're talking about the reasons for them breaking up. Pete flirts hard and they kiss. Yep, they they do that. She says something like, oh, yeah. He's like, that's the kind of self-betterment I need because she says something nice to him. And he says, imagine if I had that, I might be like a functional person by the end of the century. And she says, uh, well, just call me in the year 2000. He says, like, well, why not? Or she says, just give me a jingle in the year 2000. He says, well, why don't I give you a jingle right now? And then they kiss. Um, it's cute. I actually think their their relationship is cute and I actually like it in this this movie. Um, Lewis and Janine are back at Pete's place watching the wee baby Oscar and Lewis is regaling Oscar with the story of tax evasion and the seven dwarves. Uh, I like, I like Lewis, how he kind of works his tax stuff and everything. And yeah, he's great. Yeah. I think he says something to the effect of like, this isn't strictly legal, but for the sake of the story, like it's fine. Um, weirdest date stuff ever. Uh, oh, I said weirdest date stuff ever. Ugh. Cause I think it's after Lewis puts, uh, the baby down and they're kind of flirting. And she, uh, Janine is like holding this like ball in between her legs. And Lewis is like, notices that. And then what else happens here? Um, he just sits down and <clears throat> he sits down in the, at the other chair. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh-huh. And she's like, then they're just chit chatting. And then she's like, Come sit over here. Yeah. And then they chit chat some more and they flirt. She's flirting hard with him. And then she yeah. like, throws her leg over his leg. But she's yeah. saying, like, you're good with children. She And then she says, like, she wants a kid. She's like, she asks if he wants oh, a yeah. child too. And he's like, he's, he says, he's like, like tonight. <laughs> and he's not, he's not against it. Sounds like he's kind of down for it too, um, which is kind of funny. But, uh, yeah. but it's cute. I, I think their stuff is cute. Uh, th- that being said, let's talk about it right now. Janine should have been with egon the chemistry was too good like i said like last like <laughs> like last week i was like you were like well i hope they explore that more in the second one and i was like oh. they don't <laughs> like, they don't at all no, no i, I know, do like they're like that would be cute but you know what what if we went fucking weird with it yeah yeah so they yeah well they changed her whole character to match um that of the uh, cartoon yeah, so. so she's got vastly different hair. She's got the dumbest, like, red wig. I don't know why they changed it so drastically, but she's still great. Uh, yeah. I think I think we, we didn't cover it earlier, but when the Ghostbusters come back, uh, you know, and they're, they're, they're having the montage, and she, she, she picks up the phone and looks dead, like, straight down the camera, and she's like, yes, we're back. Like, she does the whole, like, fan service-y bit of, like, the whole, Ghostbusters, what do you want? She does kind of that kind of, Stick. Yeah. Um. Uh, Ray, Egon, and Winston emerge from a manhole cover covered in slime, and and uh, Egon and uh, no Ray and Winston start fighting, and Egon's like, "No, take off your clothes." <laughs> Which I was like, "Where's this guy?" They take off their clothes, and it turns out they're just covered in slime, but they're still covered in slime. They were in a fucking river of it, so it doesn't really make sense. But yeah, they take off their clothes, and they're like, "Wow, I was about to kill each. I was about to kill you, man. I love you." Blah blah. blah. Uh, and they find out that the the slime is concentrated evil, and that makes people angry. So if they get the slime on them, that's bad. 
they yeah. go to where Pete and uh, Dana are on a very fancy date. It's a very fancy restaurant. And they come in covered in goo in their uh, underwear, which, like, they're wearing, like, long johns. Do people actually wear long johns? Like, I guess it, I never lived um, in a cold environment, but they're wearing, like, pajamas. Yeah, like, <clears throat> I have a pair of long john the pants. Yeah. Um, I, if I had, like, a whole set, I imagine like I would wear it yeah. during the winter. I I I am I would probably wear it under my clothes. Like the PJs with like the button up kind of thing with the just well, throwing oh. clothes on over it. Wait, who had that? Winston had that on, right? All three of them did. They were all wearing they, like I what looked like. All, I thought they were all two. I thought um the red one was the one piece, and then everybody else had two piece. Like okay, maybe that was it. Yeah, okay. So, but they were like long johns. That's for that's for cold purposes i live in southern yeah. california we don't have shit like that really <laughs> yeah um uh, maybe on the off chance you go to the snow uh yeah well maybe i'll get myself uh I, I don't know i have yoga pants what am i missing out on uh no it's not the same <laughs> wait till like that cold air hits your pants and it just like yeah right through your pants and you're like yeah crap yeah i feel like i needed that today it got down to like 63 when i was outside it's pretty rough Oof. Yeah, right. it's snowing here right now. <laughs> um, Ray, Winston, and Egon emerge from the manhole cover. They start fighting. They've got to take off their clothes. They go to where Pete and Dana are having a very fancy dinner date. And they tell Vakeman, like, they kind of blow past the, like, the host. And he ends up calling the cops. And they tell Vakeman that the rivers are flowing right here. And it's all over the museum until the cops. And then the cops eventually, like, come in and throw them out. Because they're kind of hysterical. And they're talking about the coup. Uh... Dana uh, returns to the apartment and Lewis is totally uh, getting it on with Janine on the couch. So I think at this point, Vankman probably goes, uh, they get thrown out by the cops. Vankman goes with them, but uh, Dana goes back to the, uh, to the apartment uh, to check on Oscar. Um, She returns and Lewis is totally getting it on with Janine. And I totally expect the baby to be gone, but we're good. Like I was like, we kind of know that like Yonash is going to try to steal the baby at some point. So I was kind of worried, but it's not here. Like the baby's good for this part. Uh, the Ghostbusters meet with the mayor and they explain what's going on with the slime. Uh, being with mis- this part here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With this part here. I thought this was an unnecessary jump because they got arrested and then like, they just took him straight to the mayor. They didn't have, they didn't have like a little, scene of them like in jail saying we need to talk to the mayor they just no 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 no. yeah i think that this makes perfect sense and they're gonna get to that it it wouldn't make sense with what they end up doing after this but i think that this makes sense because oh yeah yeah okay i get what you're saying okay this makes sense just because they um this makes sense because They've just discovered the river of slime. They know they need to talk to the mayor because something big is going on. So they're going to go do that. And they go directly to, to, to talk to him. Um, it's interesting because the mayor kind of blew Pete off earlier. And it doesn't seem like they're that appreciative to the Ghostbusters for what they did five years ago. So it's a little bit weird that they immediately get an audience with the, uh, with the mayor. But whatever. For the sake of the film, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, they meet with the mayor and they explain what's going on with the slime. Uh, he's kind of not buying it and whatever. Uh, but then he's like, what am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? Go on TV and tell 3 million New Yorkers to be nice to each other. And, uh, he says what I think is a a great and very poignant line being miserable and treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God given right, which it's true. It's true. Yeah. 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 Hey, (laughs) 
Uh, uh, the mayor's assistant uh, asked that they explain the slime business to the boys downtown just so that they have a, a full record because uh, I think the, the Ghostbusters are like ready to like bail out and go do stuff on their own. Um, and they're swiftly committed. Like they get thrown into a mental hospital. And I, I put my little personal note here, which is, can the mayor just get people committed at will? Can he just be like, these people are crazy. Put them in a mental hospital, please. Yeah. So um, so the, the mayor... Well, no, no, the mayor didn't do that. Was, the mayor's assistant. Was, the mayor's assistant yeah, did it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so he was just an assistant. I thought he was might have been like a... Yeah, he's like, like a campaign manager, something like that. Okay, gotcha. I thought it was like just a, another position, like city controller or something like that. No, you know? no, no. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely trying to like run the campaign, and that's like... The mayor's assistant doesn't like the Ghostbusters at all through this movie because he thinks they're bad for the mayor's image, and the mayor's planning on running for governor. So... Yeah, he's like running his like campaign. Um, Yano, um, real quick. Yep. Uh-huh. Real quick. Uh, cameo right before they go in to see the mayor. Um, the door guy was Bobby Brown, the yeah. singer of the uh, the theme that I like. You know. Um, so I just thought that was cool. Yeah, like, I as heard a that. Kid, I never. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I heard that. Uh, that was one of the conditions for him doing the song for the movie was that he be in it as a cameo and that the soundtrack for the movie be released under his recording label or the recording label that signed him. Yeah. So I have a, I listened to this other podcast and one of the hosts said that he thinks Bobby Brown already had that song made <laughs> because if you listen <laughs> to it, it could just apply to anything really. And then he had the opportunity to do a song for Ghostbusters and he was like, uh, yeah, I'll do a song for you. And he already had this song ready. And so he uh-huh. just like threw just in pushed a, it out. <laughs> yeah, he, he threw in a freaking verse, a rap verse about the Ghostbusters and we're in control. You know, like, I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'll have <laughs> like, to go listen to the song. <laughs> I didn't it, listen to so the great. songs before. Before, Like, I, I heard them in the movie, obviously, but I didn't go back and like listen to them because, yeah, some of them just sound like they're describing the plot. I think that Run DMC one just sounds like they're describing the plot of the movie. Yeah. They do that in the Bobby Brown one, too. Yeah. Uh, so back at the museum, Janos is sitting in a ring of candles, speaking of Vigo. Uh, and he asks if he could get the if he gets the baby, if Dana could be his wife. And Vigo says, sure, she will be the wife and you and uh, she will be the wife to you and mother to me. And it's uh, weird. I don't like the way that he put that because, like, yeah, he's going to, like, take over the baby's body. And, like, he's yeah. going to treat Dana like she's his mom. I don't know. It's, it's all bizarre. Yeah. It's kind of like kind of like. Chucky, where like that's the one weird thing about Chucky to me uh-huh. in the in the movie series. I'm um where he's like, I need to put my soul in you know a child's body. Like it doesn't have to be a child, dude. <laughs> like <laughs> this like, is a personal preference, can... and it's it's a fucking <laughs> weird one. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it is a weird one. It is a weird one. Uh, <laughs> I need to put my my soul in the body of somebody named Hector. I've always wanted to be called Hector. <laughs> I think that that would have been a better a better setup. Um, all right, so you have to laugh at my jokes, otherwise the audience is gonna think I'm not funny. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> don't don't mute yourself. Don't mute yourself when okay, I make a good okay. joke. Okay. 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 I need you to I need you to laugh and maybe you know laugh a little bit extra. Okay, so that they think that I'm actually funny. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right all right uh back at the apartment uh where dana uh janine and lewis are sitting on the couch and they're watching citizen kane and uh i don't know they have a conversation about citizen kane i don't know i i i 
tuned out whatever they were talking about at this point. But yeah, same. Dana's definitely annoyed by the fact that they're still there. She's like, you guys can go if you want. And they're like, no, 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 we should stay until Pete gets back just to make sure you're okay. Uh, and uh, uh, we see the baby in the room. He kind of wakes up and the fucking window in the room opens up. And Dana kind of senses something's off, and she goes to the baby's room, and Oscar's gone. And she looks at the window, and oh shit, the baby's on the roof. And the baby's just, like, standing on the corner of, like, a ledge on, like, the 15th story or something. Yeah. And it's very clear that the baby's held up by cables. Like, the baby, like, looks like it's falling down, and it's just being, like, held up by, like, like a harness yeah. in it the shot. Bad. And then we see a phantom woman with a carriage descend, and I'm like, wait, is that... Janosch in like drag did you notice this no i didn't it's fucking Janosch. It, it's Janosch it dressed was... like an old woman oh okay i just you know was like yeah okay and just old woman i didn't really pay attention well i think i did i was taking notes and i didn't notice it at first until i kept watching and uh i think uh uh uh, it's like Pete shows up after this, and then and Dana's like, "It was Janosch. I saw him," and so I was like, "Wait, was it fucking Janosch?" Uh, so I went back in. Yeah, it's it's Janosch in like drag, and he's got like a phantom baby carriage. And I don't know how he's doing this because he's just possessed. But apparently now he has ghosts. Like he descends from the sky, and then he has this weird like arm extending thing where he grabs the baby and puts it in like the carriage and takes off. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, I was like, how could he do that? Like, his powers are not well defined. Um, Dana tells Pete that he's at the museum and she runs off. Uh, or maybe she tells Lewis and and, uh, and Janine because they're at the place. The Ghostbusters explaining, yeah, because the Ghostbusters are committed. So she must have told Janine and Lewis. And I think at, later on, like, they asked Lewis, like, where is she? And he tells them that she went to the to the museum. So the Ghostbusters are explaining what they know to a doctor at the mental hospital. And... Uh, this with this scene right here. I was gonna say, is um, mental hospital the right term? <laughs> like, um, I would guess psychiatric. I mean, right? I mean, today in the psych ward. No, it'd be like a behavioral health. Yeah, it'd be called, it'd be like it'll, they'll just say it's behavioral health. Um, but they're like this smoking. is like this is full up like this is full on like one flew over the cuckoo's nest like style like they're in straight jackets here. Yeah, and um when they're talking to the guy and they're like, I just wanted to point out that they were, there was like part, hardly any cigarette smoking in this movie until yeah. like they talked to the mayor. They talked to the mayor and Ray has a cigar. And then in this scene here, they're like, like all standing around they're smoking or maybe yeah. the psychiatrist is smoking. And then Ray has a cigar at the end too. Yeah. So it's just like, ah, oh, okay. So they cut back on that. So it is kind of, yeah, it is very marketed to kids. Uh, the Ghostbusters are explaining that uh, what they know to the doctor at the psych ward, and uh, you might have a uh, you might have a, a trivia piece of info for me here, maybe. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. I just know. I just uh, the the doctor. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah. So the doctor is uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. Uh, dude is in everything. You know his voice when you hear it. He plays the Flying Dutchman. Um, one of my favorite cartoons that he was in is uh, Flapjack, The Marvelous Adventures of Flapjack. Did you? Oh, he's in that? that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's Captain Knuckles. So. Um, like, I don't. I didn't watch it that much, but but yeah. I have to go back and watch that. That'd be fun. Um, oh, well, most importantly, Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's brother. 
what is he really wow like listen yeah i don't i don't pay attention to these people's like... <laughs> yeah no he's in a bunch of stuff with bill murray like i think he's the uh like he's the mayor of puxatani and uh groundhog day i think too yeah this guy oh my gosh like i don't know these things i don't look at people's family unless it's like <laughs> unless it's like a kardashian or well i like... definitely thought that would have been in the i definitely thought that would have been in the trivia i it might have but just not by when, the ones that you cherry pick yeah yeah no i so when like i mean about to show how the um hot dog is made so like when like while i'm watching the movie i'll write notes based on just you know what i see or whatever like that and so when i saw the guy i was like oh wait that's the guy who does a thing so i looked him up and then i wrote it down whatever uh-huh. and then so then when i do the trivia i like find trivia for the things i wrote down but yeah. I, like but then like i also kind of remember some things like as i'm just reading through them all mm-hmm. um, but i only save the ones that like apply to stuff that i written down so i probably yeah. saw it but just didn't hmm. you know think about it but yeah great dude in a lot yeah. of stuff so the Ghostbusters are explaining what they know to the doctor and yeah it sounds crazy what they're describing to him about the slime and shit but like Again, there was a 60-foot Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in downtown. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people in this world? Like, everybody's like, wow, that sounds a little bit crazy. And I, I've never seen anything like that before. And it's like, you literally saw something like that a couple years ago. It's it's amazing yeah. how short people's memory is in this movie. Um, uh, so, yeah. Dana goes to the museum and it's consumed by slime. Like, it is just like she walks in and then it's wrapped in slime. Uh, Oscar is on a pedestal in front of the creepy painting and Yarosh arrives and explains that Oscar has been chosen as the vessel and she will be the mother and blah, 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 blah. Just a bunch of talking. Um, Oscar's ripped from her arms. She like grabs Oscar from the pedestal and starts to like run away and he gets ripped from her arm and she's flung out of the room and onto the other side of a gate. Uh, on the streets, ghosts emerge and slime rises from the storm drains and a woman's fur coat comes to life. And I was like, all right, this is weird. Like the, she steps in the goo and then it gets on her like mink coat and then like the little ferret things come alive and then it runs away and it's weird <laughs> um oh and then at this part we also find out that like the dock worker called he says that the titanic has arrived and the people are getting off of it and then we see like there's a ghost titanic in the harbor and motherfucking yeah. cheech marin is in this movie yeah random ass cheech <laughs> it's <laughs> like, great what? i love it um, fun fact about that um He's like, that better late actual, than never. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the actual, the dock they filmed was the actual dock that the Titanic was supposed to get to. No shit. Cool. Really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. No, I thought that was, yeah. uh, that part was cool. It's kind of a creepy image too. Yeah, um, um, But real quick to the baby, when she snatched the baby, uh-huh. um, the onesie, I mean, not onesie, the pajama, um, yeah. footy pajama that Oscar is wearing yeah. has Winnie the Pooh on it. Uh-huh. I had the exact same uh, onesie as a child because I remember this onesie. <clears throat> I remember this onesie like as an, as I was got older and then like I was going through like just boxes of old stuff. I remember having this. No shit. I remember having that same onesie. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This movie brought some like, <laughs> like flashbacks. Deep, deep, yeah repressed memories of your mom putting you on a pedestal in front of a giant painting yeah exactly that ever happened she was trying to get uh vigo the carpathian or whatever to to inhabit your body 
Um, yeah, it, it didn't work out. No, or no. Did it? Or did it? Oh shit! Okay, that's what the new podcast is going to be about. Um, <laughs> thank you for laughing. <laughs> um, well, the mayor's like call the Ghostbusters, and the mayor's assistant's like, "Uh, I had them committed," and then the mayor uh, gets pissed and then fires him. And and I was kind of wondering at this point, I was like, "Does shit like this only happen in New York? We never hear about like." ghost activity happening elsewhere and i guess like this is a good chance to talk about like the ghostbusters got sued after the events of ghostbuster one which makes sense and if that's why they weren't able to do ghostbusting action stuff that makes sense and then like did ghosts just go away after that and like were there ghosts before that stuff because it seemed very much seems like they discovered ghosts they discovered how to capture ghosts. They captured ghosts, and then the ghosts went away, and then the ghosts come back in this one. And there's yeah. not like a lot of reason, obviously, like we talked about, for why the ghosts are back in this one. But yeah. it's just well, as weird, even, like that. What even like constitute what is actually a ghost? Because then, like, are like these like so like right now, like the Titanic, and then they have like. Yeah. And like bigger people can, I think, in the same scene, this montage scene that you're talking about, where, um, they all this stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, the like right immediately, the the mayor's like, I just spent you know the last half hour talking to blah blah blah, and it was like the former mayor of New York, a former mayor of New York, and so I'm just like, so is it just anybody can be a ghost? Is it has to be something special? Because like I can see if it was like, like notorious people or like you know maybe that librarian died a tragic death in the first one and and that's why she haunts it but like you would think like okay maybe if this all like just basic i mean like big people it's ghosts then okay i can see where like that might they might have put a big chunk into like the ghost community in new york just because you know there's only so many like big deaths or notable deaths that you can get but then like they switch it and then just seems like just any old like just like a dude was just jogging and there's just like random dumb ghosts that's just like why is this a ghost yeah like there's like no reason it's just like anything and everything so then it's like why would people not need the ghostbusters anymore yeah it's all very loosely loosely defined and i don't like how you're like making me turn against my own movie so um well the simple fact is that it's not very good (laughs) um the ghostbusters get sprung from the pokey and ray puts it all together as they arrive at the museum so he's got it all figured out now that the whatever vigo needs a baby to inhabit the body of i guess uh janos uh talks about his plans for after vigo takes over oscar's body to dana you know he says like we can have an apartment and all that stuff that she wants to hear apparently uh but she's not having it no she's not into him uh the ghostbusters blast the slime covered museum with their proton packs and they're not getting through it and this is when they realize that like it's going to take a whole lot of positivity to get through that slime they need something good a symbol something pure and I'm like, uh, what is a Jets win? A Jets win? Is that is that going to bring the town together? Think a Jets win would do it? No. 
It's the Statue of Liberty. Okay, I just want to say that you just pissed off like a big chunk of New York. So I just want to, I want to do my like Al Borland, <laughs> like holding up a sign, like the views expressed on this show do not, <laughs> <laughs> do not represent me. So, you know, you just made a whole bunch of New Yorkers mad. Okay. Listen, so Jets fans don't, it. Jets fans don't listen to this podcast <laughs> because we're winners and they hate winners. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> Please don't attack me. Well, the the symbol of positivity. It's okay. I I'm, I plan to do a few apologies next week, so <laughs> we'll roll this into that. Uh, they they need something good, a symbol, something pure. It's the Statue of Liberty, and I was like, is the Statue of Liberty that? Are, do people get that stoked about the Statue of Liberty? I could kind of see. I could kind of see the way they built it up in the movie, where it was like, hey, that's New York, and everybody in new york's a bottle you know what i'm saying so like i can i got it in the movie where it's like okay i get it because like you think new york first two th one of the first two things you think of is the statue of liberty and the empire state building yeah so like i can kind of see that and like like and that'd be like the new york symbol for them to come come you know come together with so i bought it i liked it yeah. Oh, okay. I I guess I could kind of see that. Oh yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. Um, score one stacks. <laughs> so it's uh, they get to the Statue of Liberty and they're like, it's slime time, and they cover the inside of the statue in, in slime, and it's all over the place, and it's gross. And Ray has a cigar, but that's kind of cool. And they quickly converted like their packs, I think, into like slime launchers. So they spray the slime all over the inside, and the pilot controls apparently are like a Nintendo controller for the for the fucking Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I I, I just assumed it was Lewis's because yeah. like earlier in the scene, um, when Lewis and Janine first put the baby down, he was like, "Do you want to play Nintendo?" Yeah, uh, Super Mario to... Bros. Yeah, I play. Well, I usually play Super Mario Bros. Yeah, and so I just thought like they probably just took it from <laughs> Lewis and practice. Nintendo controller up. <laughs> uh, the torch, Lady Labor, Lady Liberty's torch explodes in fire, and the statue makes its way across the harbor and through town. Uh, we Wait. see, yeah. Sorry, I we never we never explained what this what is happening because uh, um, earlier in the movie they put the um, goo when they were doing the the experiment, and then like, um, not experiment, where we were talking about the goo, and they yeah. said that they have sex with it. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you wrote it down, but they put the goo in the, in the, um, in the toaster, and they played good music, and this toaster is like, jamming, um, jamming around, is dancing to it, and then Bill, Bill Murray picks it up, and he loves it, and then he's like, he's like, oh, we're gonna sell so many of these, and then, uh, I think it's Ray, he's like, it'll be a very, serious uh, safety hazard until uh someone bite, gets their finger bitten off and then uh, bill murray's like <laughs> bill murray's like no nah, we'll put a warning label on it we'll sell a <laughs> bunch of them and then like all of a sudden he like he goes ah, ah and like he has his finger down in it and it just freaks everybody out and he's like oh and you just fell for the whatever you know yeah all this trick in the, in the book or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> great uh, scene so yeah. that's what so they learned that, and then they're applying that to the Statue of Liberty. That is really good context, because, yeah, they, they find out that, like, the goo responds to bad vibes, but also good vibes, and it makes it, like, uh, objects, like, dance around or whatever. So they they cover the inside of the, the 
uh, Statue of Liberty and Goo, uh, and then they play music and they're able to control it and it walks across the harbor and through town. And Lewis uh, at the Ghostbusters HQ dons the Ghostbusters gear and runs through town, hopping on a bus driven by Slimer. And he's like, oh, you're helping me. Thanks, bud. Um, Back at the museum, Vigo begins the process of taking over Oscar's body as the statue arrives at the museum. It slams the torch down on the top of the museum, breaking through the sky skylight, and the Ghostbusters rappel down into the museum. Uh, Janos tries to get in their way, and they spray his ass down with slime, and I guess he's down for the count after getting slimed. Uh, and the slime is changed now to somehow be more positive. I guess now if they they spray yeah. it on people, like I it's, think it's good slime. Yeah, I think he said uh, it's negatively charged or something like that so it kind of just negates the effect of the ems or whatever yeah Uh, whatever okay if that's what they said in the movie Uh, egon come on you gotta put all faith in egon yeah fuck it whatever i'll allow it (laughs) um uh Dana gets grabbed by like this uh, tube, like it's like a plasticky tube, and Pete makes a horrible decision. Oh yeah, so they so they slime Janos, they grab the baby. Uh, Pete makes the horrible decision to like hide the baby in the corner of the room, and I'm like, surely this won't result in something awful because he just like puts him down, and he goes to help Dana. Uh, Vigo appears and uh, like in front of them, like out of the painting, and Ray threatens him. They blast him, and Vigo zaps him paralyzing them they're like laying on the ground paralyzed vigo walks straight to oscar because pete barely fucking hit him in the corner uh pete talks a bunch of shit to vigo and the guys get zapped again vigo is interrupted by positivity from the people outside singing that apparently all of new york is outside and they've banded together in unison singing uh he drops the baby and pete catches him uh, he gets sucked back into the painting, and Ray is entranced by Vigo. V- like Ray walks right up in front of Vigo and is like entranced the same way that he was earlier. And Vigo quickly inhabits his body. And damn, they're not wasting any time blas- blasting his ass with slime. Like, they, like Ray turns like gross looking and like Vigo. Yeah, has a very creepy visual. Creepy, yeah, creepy, gross looking Vigo basically takes over <clears throat> when he takes over Ray. And then they just fucking blast his ass with slime. <laughs> and yeah. then they blast the painting with the, the proton packs. Uh, and that seems to do the trick. Yeah, so then that scene they were, so in this movie they had more of that. Yeah. Um, but they cut it out the movie. There was like a scene where um, where they're, I can't remember if they're racing I can't remember, but they're, they're driving somewhere. I can't remember if they're driving to uh, Dana's apartment or to New York City or somewhere. They're driving somewhere, and they're and Ray's driving, and he's just, like, speeding through the city. He's running red lights and stuff like that. There's supposed to be a scene where you get visions of, more visions of Ray being possessed. And, like, so there was supposed to be more to that part where yeah. Vigo possesses him. There's supposed to be more to that that they ended up cutting out other than that first scene where he's just kind of in a daze staring at it. Yeah. Hmm. So I wish they did keep that stuff. Would have made more sense, yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of it, like, yeah, they cartooned it up, but then mm-hmm. they took a lot of the stuff out. And I think it, it, it had to have been like, uh, let's not make this movie this long anymore, but... Yeah, I mean, let's not make this movie too long. Let's just cut all this stuff out. But yeah. like, I feel like this same exact movie with shot the same way. This would be like 
a two hour over like a two hour movie and people would love it it would be a great movie i think with all that extra stuff <laughs> i think it'd I be a little know. bit too long for this but yeah they, i don't, I don't know. know i kind of like the the new the new like when action movies are long i kind of like that yeah i don't know so uh just to quickly wrap this up Yanush oh, uh, yeah, blasts the outside of the building with a proton pack now that he's arrived and he thinks he saved the day he's all stoked he's like I'm a ghostbuster now and uh Yanush and Ray are all lovey-dovey because the slime that they got all over them and they're like I love you I love you too and we now see that the painting is replaced instead of a creepy image of, of Vigo it's replaced by a portrait of the ghostbusters in togas with the baby Oscar yeah very hunky edits they're all they all have like yes abs and Pecs you know and, great yes. hairlines yeah. and stuff <laughs> yep and then yeah. we get uh the hero credits and uh there's the fucking uh, is it the bobby brown song at the end of this or yeah so gonna... yeah it's great it's great love the music great i can tell you're a big fan so yeah <laughs> uh all in all i think this movie is fine uh, I think that they could have done better. It sounds like it was made on an even shorter schedule than the first movie. Uh, yeah, I and, did read something like that. And it feels like I think it, I remember hearing that Bill Murray was uh, was kind of the holdout. Everybody else was in, but Bill Murray was holding out because I think he could kind of see that this is the way this would go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it, a little bit more effort into the plot of this, and it could have been it could have been great. And I wish that they didn't try to target it for kids i wish it wasn't such a aim for you know that demographic but yeah yeah and overall i love it i still love it um i still you know even though i can recognize that it's got some things wrong with it that you know would have been better but again like this is like a lot of nostalgia for me so i just kind of i just love the movie you know yeah and so i just and I just, you know, watched something that I liked. So it was really hard for me to be like, yeah, whatever. You know, I don't think I have any, I don't have too many negative like notes on this. So all the stuff that, so all the stuff that I did had negative to say or stuff that I didn't like, I only thought of because you, you brought it up and it makes sense. So yeah, so yeah this was a, you know, a learning experience. I got to appreciate the movie in a different way now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we we definitely do these, and then you have a different appreciation. But so help me God, if you try to take say anything bad about Back to the Future, I will cut you. I will cut you. Okay. If, I, I, I know, have. What's yeah, that? I've just I've, I've just re- I have read uh, many uh, Tumblr articles about uh, oh, Back to the even, Future. Don't so. even get me started. Me and Tumblr <laughs> beefing. Um, yeah, no, like, yeah, if, I mean, you could say bad things about, uh, you can say bad things about Back to the Future, but just know that we're coming back the week afterwards with, uh, apologies and one week rental hosted by Ash. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Going solo. Yeah. You can still edit uh, it, host- though. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no way. <laughs> if, if I do just editing, then, uh, my prices go up uh, oh, no. a lot. Oh, no. Um, well, the show's made a whopping zero dollars, so uh, you could you could get paid when the show starts to turn a profit. Speaking uh, of, this episode is brought to you by Insert Arthur Ad Vining, here. Oh. Arthur Vining Davis Company and viewers uh, just like you. I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're referring what? to. Like on uh, like um, 
Arthur and like PBS shows. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. I haven't watched those in forever. Oh. Um, so I think we should wrap up real quick with uh, our rankings for the film series. Uh, we'll do this at the end of you know when we rank franchises like this. Uh, we we gotta talk about what our favorite is. Uh, I don't think this is controversial to say Ghostbusters one and then Ghostbusters two. Um. No, it's not controversial. I mean, <clears throat> I will be the controversial one, and I'm moving. I know I'm moving around in my chair a lot. Sorry. Um, yeah. I'll be the controversial one and um, say that I still like two way better than one. So, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna agree to disagree on this one, I think, because I think one is the better movie in in all aspects. But I, I think mean, it's the better story. It's a better story. It's a better. It's better. It's it's put together better. It's more interest. I'm not gonna say it's more interesting, but it's more. The story's better. Yeah. Right. But two to me, it's just entertaining. It's just stupid entertaining. I just like it. Yeah. So that's still your favorite. Yeah. Okay. All right, Stacks. That's gonna wrap it up for this week of talking about Ghostbusters two. Next week we'll be watching Ghostbusters Afterlife, the very first movie that we're gonna be recording after seeing in theaters. So, um, I do want people to be aware just that uh, the next one could have a different vibe uh, because we've gone through these point by point, and I can actually sit uh, sit down and watch the movie and rewind and take notes and all that. Um, I don't think they're gonna let me bring my laptop into the comp- into the uh, the theater to take notes so uh next week's might be a little bit more off the cuff it might even be a shorter episode because we just uh uh kind of go through the plot of the movie as best we can remember it um so we'll we'll try that and uh and we'll see how it goes yeah um i just want to say make sure you go follow us on uh on our social medias um if you go to our instagram it is uh one dot week dot rental right or is it oh hold on let me pull that it doesn't up. sound right but I, I i haven't typed it in yet <laughs> oh no it's not dot it's one underscore week underscore rental underscore podcast so go follow us on there um we i, I post on there i post funny little tiktok uh clips and videos uh highlighting some of the parts of the podcast so uh, go follow us there. Um, and at the top of that page, you'll find our uh, link tree uh, link with oh. all the other, you know, social medias on there, TikTok, uh, YouTube, um, how it's, uh, our personal, uh, not personal, okay, our creator Instagram pages. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just like just some info in there for. And how to subscribe, you know. So go awesome. there and check all that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Is my the one thing I do like to push on here is the my Twitch page. Is that oh, in yeah, there? The Twitch. I did I did put your Twitch on there. Fuck yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah it's Jedi Ash underscore on Twitch. Yeah. Uh come come watch me play video games bad and uh it's fun to chat and make jokes and uh hang out. And I think um I think we're gonna be playing Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, that new game that came out, and um, yeah. you wanted to see the Ghostbusters game stream stack, yeah, so I, I think I think we'll start that this week. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, what do you? I don't want to. You don't have to give a day, but like, is there like a like what day should we look toward? Like the weekday or like weekend? 
Um, probably by the time that this posts, it will be if 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 we get this out on Wednesday. I'm planning to stream Wednesday and Thursday night of this week, cool. so I think Wednesday might be Guardians, and then Thursday I might start Ghostbusters. Um, but it's always subject to change, so yeah, just come check cool. it out. You feel free to ask me in chat. You know, we'll yeah. figure it out. Uh, do you want to uh, promote your Discord too? I never, I didn't think about that. I don't know if yeah. you want it. The Twitch, the Twitch kind of promotes the Discord um, because it, sure. it routes it through there. But uh, we do have a Discord. I, it, the easiest way for me to tell you to find it is is because it is the the Discord that links to my Twitch. So just go to my Twitch page and there's a link to the Discord. Yeah, it's called it's called Ash's Council. Yeah, and I might just put a link in the description in the link tree so that people can find it. That's the best place. That's the best yeah. place to chat with us. If you want to chat with us, we're both in there and we're both pretty active yeah. in there. So. Yeah. Tell us the yeah, just talk to us about movies. Yes, we can talk about it. Talk about yeah. what you talked about on the show. Yeah, if you've listened to this segment, out. if you've somehow found this uh this podcast and have never heard of Sax or I before, um yeah, the Discord's gonna be the best place to engage with us and there are sections of the Discord where you can just talk about the podcast. So if you end up uh listening to this and you want to chat, feel free to pop in there. Yeah. All right. Well with that. I'll bid you adieu until next week when we get to talk about uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, a movie that I am very much looking forward to. Yeah. So for the outro, can I sing the song again? Yes, if you leave this part in where you ask. (laughs) So I guess we're gonna have to take control. Oh, no, no. (laughs) We're gonna copyright strike. All right. Bro.